877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Danielle McCartney. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The fan. Good evening, New York sports fans and even you, Met fans. I'm Danielle McCartney. McCartney before midnight. And I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 2 a.m. on this Saturday evening here in New York City. And whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of the evening, whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFNN.com, or on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, we're here in the Big Apple, and Emmanuel Barbari and I are coming to you live from the Boomer and Geo studio here in Lower Manhattan. Go ahead, start dialing at 877-337-6666. I'm taking your calls right here in the first segment. Emmanuel's ready to go, and there is much to talk about on a night like tonight where the Mets just uh, couldn't get it done. And a quick note, though, before we begin... You know, I, you know I back the blue, also the red, and I want to declare right here on these airwaves, EMS Lieutenant Allison Russo, a New York City heroine. Um, hearts are heavy uh, all across our city, and may she rest in peace to the FDNY and to Station 49. You continue to be in my thoughts and in, in my prayers, and I, I know it goes without saying And I know that we already all know it, but I'll say it anyway. The senseless violence in this city needs to end. And our elected officials, our public servants, they need to step it up. And so we uh, we transition awkwardly here to the Mets. And and per the, the Fox broadcast of the game, the Mets have been in first place in the NL East this year for all but two days. And now it's three. The Atlanta Braves have officially won the series against the Mets. They are now in first place in the NL East. And the Mets are in second with the season series tied at nine games each. The Mets have lost the tiebreaker. You know, Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer, they were supposed to be the two guys that were supposed to push this 2022 Mets team over the hump, into the next stratosphere, into the World Series. And, well, they aren't going to get there if they can't push the Mets past the Atlanta Braves. Both DeGrom and Scherzer absolutely failed the Mets when they needed them the most. First, you look at Friday night. DeGrom was, was pulled after 86 pitches because of a blood blister that he has been battling. Okay, but since he was so bad in the start two times ago, how would you think that he'd be any better this time around? And how bad has DeGrom been? Okay, well, the start before last night, he, he went just four innings. Five earned runs on six hits to a Bottom of the barrel, Oakland Athletics team. In that game, he actually had zero swings and misses on his fastball for the first time since 2015. Then Friday night, just last night, it was the first time since 2019, June that is, that DeGrom allowed back-to-back home runs. And coincidentally, that was a game at Atlanta. 
So in total last night, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but DeGrom surrendered three home runs on five hits. And then when he was taken out of the game last night, Buck Showalter did the unthinkable. He punted the game by putting in Tyler McGill in a relief appearance. Buck Showalter punted the must-win game in Atlanta last night. He chose to hand the ball to Tyler McGill with the Mets losing 3-1. to 19 pitches and five batters later, McGill and the Mets found themselves down 5-1. to one. Insurmountable given their stagnant, anemic offense. And I want you to think back on to December 4th, 2021. Almost a year ago, December 4th, 2021. 12 days before Buck Showalter was hired by the New York Mets. On my show that evening, on December 4th, I questioned his in-game decisions, specifically relating to relief pitching. That evening, I told you that if Buck screwed up his choice in bullpen arm here in New York, well, then I wanted to be on air when it happened. 24 hours later, here I am. Buck Showalter in as close to a must-win game for the Mets all season. Last night, called upon Tyler McGill out of the bullpen. And we'll get to it in a second, but I hated his response to reporters after the game about his decision. You know, Buck Showalter's 2022 Mets, they have not afforded themselves the luxury to be able to go and try different guys in different roles. You know, prior to last night, Tyler McGill had only pitched in relief and and not great, okay, in his career. Like, Like opponent batting average over 300 in his four times in relief in his major league career. And why trust him in a biggest spot as he put him in last night? Oh, yeah, and here's Buck with reporters after last night's game. You know, I didn't recognize the reporter's voice, but but good for him in asking the right question and being prepared for the questions back to him from Buck. Emmanuel, roll it. What made McGill the choice in the, in the seventh? As opposed to? A, a more proven guy like Lugo. Or, or, or uh, Lugo didn't want to pitch him again after multiple innings, uh, two innings last outing. Who else? Uh, Drew's coming off, uh, you know, we had a little different situation behind, you know, coming off one outing, one day off. But um, who else? Uh, Adovino? No. That's what I'm saying. There's a reason for everyone. And, you know, it's a result-oriented world we live in. So, Tyler, uh, that wasn't the reason we lost the game. But, you know, we're continuing to try to get through the games and be prepared for not only tonight but tomorrow. You're satisfied with that? Drew Smith, the quote was a little different situation. Adam Adovino, the response was no. Yet Adovino was warming in the bullpen after the Mets started to make it interesting in the ninth. So why not? And and tonight even. Tonight he went to Scherzer, then to Lugo, then to Adovino, Peterson, Smith. Like weren't those all the names that that reporter just asked him about for last night? And he's right. Buck Showalter's right. That wasn't the reason the Mets lost the game. But come on. You're satisfied with that response? The snarkiness. That's, I know, Lori Rubinson's word. The snarkiness. I could have done without. Guy's just doing his job, the reporter is. And then Scherzer tonight. The guy that the Mets brought in for situations like this. Well, five and two-thirds inning pitch. Nine hits, four runs, all earned, and two home runs. So much 
for everyone's takes of, this is what the Mets brought him in to do. This is what the Mets paid him all this money to do. Max Scherzer didn't get it done. It wasn't good enough. And the Grom and Scherzer, that dreaded one-two punch atop the Mets rotation, didn't get it done when the team needed them the most. And Brandon Nimmo, this is a uh, quote from Tim Healy on Twitter. Brandon Nimmo on the Mets losing the DeGrom-Scherzer games to the Braves. Quote, it feels terrible. Yeah, it feels terrible. Those are our guys. Those are our best shots, and they stuffed them in our face. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. That's Brandon Nimmo after the game. Those are our best shots? Uh Uh-oh. Is that is that a signal of a white flag? Those were our best shots. I mean, listen, the Mets are gonna make the postseason, but it just about got that much harder for them to advance any farther than the wild card round. So, what a disaster! It's a Mets meltdown, and we all have a front row seat to it. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Sound off, Mets fans. Let's go in the order that you called. West Orange, New Jersey. James, you're the leadoff caller of the night. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Great. How are you? You know, good. And I want to hit on three things real quickly. Mm-hmm. And one of them you just hit on, Buck Showalter. You know, people throw these names out: Showalter, Scherzer, Degrom, and that means we're going to win the World Series. You know, what has Showalter ever won? The answer is nothing. Nothing. And yet he's so arrogant. You said snarky. I find him to be arrogant and nasty with reporters. And then the Grom Scherzer thing, you know, I'm telling you, I feel like I was the only person on the planet. I've been a Mets fan for a long time, mm-hmm. saying these guys are over the hill. Like, and there's some evidence, right? Because even Scherzer had a dead arm in the playoffs. Yep. The Grom, every part of his arm is hurt. And I'm not saying they weren't going to be good, but to make it sound like we had such a huge advantage over all these other teams, it's completely not true. It's not realistic, and we're seeing that now. Guys like Max Fried and Wright, they're just as good. And how about a guy like you, Darvish? We faced the Padres in the playoffs. The guy kills us. I don't see that we have an advantage. And here's the real big thing that bothers me, is that the Mets as an organization, because people will say, well, it's not the same team. You've got a new owner, a new manager. But the philosophy, they never really go after offense. And that trade deadline was a disaster. Yes. I called it at the time. Oh, yes. Vogelback and Ruff and Naquin. There were some stars out there. Yep. And if you love your young players so much that you didn't want to trade them, then why are you not bringing them up? Why do you bring up this catcher who's supposed to be great for this series? Yeah, I mean, they, exactly. There's so much of this that just doesn't make sense. Exactly. I want to be optimistic. People would tell me I was crazy when I was saying we're not going to necessarily win with Scherzer and DeGrom and we need to focus on some offense. Yeah. But you're seeing it play out now. And how about know? this? How about Wilson Contreras gone by the wayside? David Robertson, those are my two top targets for the Mets at the trade deadline. Instead, they go out and they get uh, – I, I was on the air the day it happened. I called him a half a DH. Vogelback, I, I called him a half a DH. That's who they went out and got? That doesn't fall on the manager. That falls on the general manager in, in, in ineptitude at the trade deadline. And I feel like even with that, a guy like Epler wants to show you how smart he is. Yeah. Tune, this guy hits righties, this guy hits lefties. Just go get the star. There were a lot of stars out there, and we need offense. As much as I like Alonzo and Lindor, yep. still need a big bat to, to help those guys out. And they didn't get it, and they're paying the price now. Yep, exactly. You got it, James. You nailed it. To Westchester we go. Thomas, you're on the fan. Thomas, are you there? Going once? Hey, can you hear me? Okay, we got yeah, you now. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, it's great to hear you. Um, I wish you were on more often. I really appreciate what you do. Thank you. And the first thing that you said today, I had a very busy day today, and I did not hear 
what happened, but it is really sad to hear that uh, we lost a member of the service in New York City. I don't know the story, but uh, I'm retired from the city myself, so I appreciate you mm-hmm. uh, making a note of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I wanted to talk about basically what you said, that DeGrom and, and uh, Scherzer, they've got to get it done. That- that's who they are. They're two, they're two aces. And but I'm just really shocked that you came after Buck like that, and I and I just I don't know what your problem is with Buck. Do you seem to have? You, normally, you're a very level-headed, uh, right down the middle, fair person. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what what is it that you have against Buck? Because I just I know if I were to criticize your job, as mm-hmm. anybody does, I'm not a radio host, but I can criticize you. But I obviously don't really know what I'm talking about. You're a professional in that industry. Mm-hmm. It bothers me when people criticize managers and general managers after the fact. We all make decisions in life. We yeah, but, set ourselves up but, to but Tyler, you, promotion. But, Thomas, 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 you look at that bullpen and, and you as a manager say, you know what? I'm going to go with Tyler McGill, who's only been in this situation four times in his life in the major league level. I'm going to pick him to try and save this game. Is not the reason they lost the game. The poor start is the reason they lost the game. He, the fact, they didn't score runs. Insert, ma- but mean, the Mets. It was insur- I agree with you that it wasn't all McGill's fault. I agree with you, but to make it insurmountable in the seventh inning, and you're, Thomas, you're cutting, you're you're cutting up here. Yeah, it's where I'm living. Sorry. No, that's okay. I just got to let you go because because the the, the, the audio is not good. Uh, but I understand what you're saying, and I, and I know people love Buck Showalter. I know I'm barking up a, a, an unpopular opinion here, but Buck Showalter has never won anything. And when I told you, when he, when he kept his all-star reliever on the bench with the Orioles and cost him a wild-card game, I told you that, that, that there could be a point where he does the same for the Mets. And I know we're not at that point just yet with the Mets. They're still going to make the postseason. Albeit as a wild card team, most likely now. And I know he's a popular figure, but the facts are the facts. He hasn't won anything. And what makes you think? I'm not a I'm not a manager. I'm not a manager, but I coach. And and as a coach, I would look at the situation and I would look at all the receive the, the receivers, the relievers in my bullpen, and I would say, nothing would make me point to Tyler McGill and say, This is the guy that's gonna come in here and 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 put a tourniquet on the bleeding that's been going on here. DeGrom, three home runs, and I'm gonna put in Mc, Tyler McGill, he's the guy. It was over in 19 pitches. That experiment was over in 19 pitches. And then he placed all of the 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 um I don't want to say the load. Yeah, you place all of the load on, on Max Scherzer's shoulders tonight, and, and he wanted the ball. That's what you, you want him. You paid for him to be in these situations, and he, and he just didn't get it done. So it's a combination of things. And I've also got a problem with Buck Showalter's lineup, but we'll talk about that in a second. Let's go one more. Let's go to Ed in Staten Island. You're up next on The Fan. Hey, how you doing? I'm first good. First time caller, first time listener. Oh, look Very at that. Nice. We're, we're batting 1,000. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm limo driver, Ed. I'm on my way to Newark right now to pick up one of my passengers. All right. But, uh, yeah. You know what? Listen, these are the games that you should have been winning in September when teams were 40 below, you know, the 500 mark. Mm-hmm. You, you can't play like that. And I don't know if they're motivated enough. You know, I just don't, I don't see the motivation in the team. That's the problem. You know, they just don't have – and I don't know what Buck can do. 
as these guys go out in the field, you got to know that if you want the division, all right, you got to win it. And if you don't want it, you just want to back your way into the playoffs, which they're doing, mm-hmm. because I don't see them beating the Nationals. I don't see them winning them all. I'd be shocked. And I sure don't take, see taking, taking three of them from the Nationals. I don't see that happening. You know, it's just I don't know why these guys – but you know what? Well, you're going to go in the playoffs and get, what, three games, four games, get kicked out? That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. They're not motivated. But then you look at Atlanta. Atlanta was beating them teams, and they've been, that's how they got back in it. They beat the teams that was below 500, you know? I don't know. But I don't see them winning it either. They're done. Yeah, and you know what? Back into the playoffs. That's it. Yep, Ed. For me, it was the it was the series early, uh, not early, but September twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Three yeah. L's in a row against the Chicago yeah. Cubs. That was it. Yes, yeah. right, right. And in the Marlins, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what Atlanta does? They go there and win three. Yeah. They beat them. They beat those teams that's bad. And this is the problem. And I don't want to hear experience and all. These guys got it. They're just not motivated. I don't know what it is. Then, you know, then, sure we were doing good. Yeah, and Ed, whose whose shoulders does that fall upon then? Oh, that's Buck. Uh-huh. That's all the way. Because mm-hmm. I tell you one thing, I would be in that dugout, and we have to have a meeting. Oh yeah, and I tell them, I don't care who feels get hurt. You grown men making a lot of money. Do your job. It makes no sense at yep. all. Yep. You know it does. It doesn't make no sense. But you know what? We're going to back into We are in the playoffs anyway. And I, I tell you one thing, I see us getting swept. I don't, and I don't even see them beating the National. They may win one game. It's over. They done lost the division of September. Yeah. And losing to teams that's below. I mean, teams are 30 below. <laughs> 500. Yep. yep. How do you lose that? And you're 40 up. Yep. Ed, uh-huh. I, I got you. I got the point. Loud and clear. And I don't know. I mean, Against the Washington Nationals so far this season, the Mets are 11-5. and 11-5. and five. But when you look at the postseason picture right now, the updated right to the minute, the Atlanta icon has now taken place uh, for the Mets icon. The Mets are now the four seed set to take on the San Diego Padres, who are the fifth seed in the National League Wild Card Series. The Mets against the Padres so far this season, two wins, four losses. I don't love that matchup. I don't. And on top of everything we just discussed, I'm going to add one more thing. What kind of lineup is Buck Showalter trotting out there? Alonzo, a two-hitter, McNeil in the cleanups. McCartan before midnight here on the fan in New York City after a Mets meltdown, losing two of two so far in Atlanta. Crucial games lost at the hands of Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. They're not out of it yet, but I've got a question, big question mark about the lineup that Buck Showalter's trotting out there. I mean, everybody likes to point to Tyler Naquin, which, yes, over his last eight games, he's hitting under 200 now. No home runs, just two extra base hits, one RBI, not a single walk. And you got to ask yourself, how much are the Mets missing Starling Marte? I mean, a lot. And he's still in pain, so I don't know when he's going to be back. But Naquin is like the only option out there in right field because if Canna's in left and Nimmo's in right, 
uh, or in center, I'm sorry, th- then that leaves that leaves Naquin the only option right for real. And and that doesn't fall on Buck Showalter's shoulders. That falls on the shoulders of, of, of the general manager of the New York Mets for the failure to address outfield depth at the trade deadline, among other things. A catcher, per se, an offensive catcher, per se, like, I don't know, Wilson Contreras, as if he wasn't out there, or, you know, a reliable reliever, uh, David Robertson, as if he wasn't out there to go and get. But the failure to put a a lineup that makes sense is on the manager. Why is Pete Alonso hitting second? Why is Jeff McNeil hitting cleanup? Right? You look at uh, Jeff McNeil on the year. Jeff McNeil on the year has hit seven home runs total. Seven on the year. Okay? So, you know, depending on what what Freddie Freeman does tonight, but at the conclusion of the Met game, Jeff McNeil is just four points behind Freeman for the highest batting average in the entire league. So you're putting him fourth with seven home runs for what reason the guy gets on base and puts the ball in play. And then you get Alonzo, who, who, who is leading Major League Baseball in RBI, and, and you put him in a spot where there's only theoretically one guy ahead of him eligible to get on base. Make it make sense. Okay, so Alonzo gets on base, let's just say. And then he jams up the base pass for Lindor and McNeil behind him. Hey, I'm not being mean here. Pete Alonzo is not a threat at all to run to take a base, to swipe a base in a crucial situation, to go first first to home in a crucial situation. And with Marte out, Lindor is the team leader in stolen bases for the New York Mets. Why clog up the base paths with Alonzo in front of him? Alonzo is a ball and chain to a guy like Lindor behind him on the base paths. Station to station go uh, Lindor. Station to station go McNeil behind Pete Alonzo on the base paths. Switch him. You know, Buck Showalter has kept the batting order largely intact throughout the entire season. So why start screwing with it now? Make it make sense. Along with the McGill thing. Make it make sense. And, and Eduardo Escobar, who has been nothing but clutch for this team like every day the past couple of games, banished to fifth in the order? Make it make sense. Oh, and Alvarez brought up entirely too late. How can you expect the kid to acclimate to major league pitching in the most high-pressure situation in his career in the Mets season for the year of 2022? Game one against the Atlanta Braves with the NL East hanging in the balance on the line. Alvarez was swinging so hard. It was bases loaded, right? He was swinging so hard. He was trying to hit the ball to freaking Mars. The bat flew out of his hands not once but twice in that game. And an occurrence that he says doesn't happen often at all after the game he said that. Make it make sense. The Mets can't get out of their own way. Craig in Rhode Island, you're up next on The Fan. 
Awesome show. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, I, I'm so disappointed. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm looking at this. Again, you, you know, you bring up points about Buck. No one wants to talk about it. It's, right. It, there's a lot here. What I'm very nervous about is at some point, and, and I hate to see, and this is what I hate. I'm so upset tonight, Daniel. I can't even begin to get into this. But what makes me upset is right now I'm already settling for the wild card. And right now, I have my little notebook out, and I'm writing up a sheet of paper about at what point are the Mets just going to have to concede and start to plot what their rotation is going to be for next weekend, yep. when now, all of a sudden, we have to host the wild card game. Yep. This is unbelievable. And I heard how the Marlins came up with their news today. Alcantara's done for the season. So, you know, the Braves are going to walk all over them. Fine. Maybe Bassett gets it done tomorrow night. He'll probably eat up eight innings, let up, you know, something like four runs. But we won't be able to score any more than two. And now all of a sudden you're playing for the wild card spot. And I guess I'm just curious to to hear the take from your end in, in terms of uh, when will they say, they say the Mets do win tomorrow night? When will they actually have to figure out, um, you know, in other words, is there a scenario next week where – DeGrom or Scherzer is pitching against the Nationals to try to recover the division, or at some point you just actually concede to have those guys ready for the wild card. Yeah, well, well, I'm looking right now. Craig, awesome. You know, awesome call. I love the passion here. I'm looking at, they've got the rotation set. You got, like you said, Bassett going tomorrow. You've got then Carrasco in game one against the Nationals, Walker in game two against the Nationals. We know how those games may or may not go. And then you, you got DeGrom slated in October 5th. What do you do? It's the last game of the year. I mean, they could be, they could need him, right? So then, what do you look at? All right, you, you pitch him on, you know, do you pitch him in game one of a wild card series, or do you go to Scherzer? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it, it's 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 something that. And then and then, how do I say this? The Mets needed to stay out of this wild card. You want to know why? Because then they could set their rotation for the next round and don't have to worry about this. Now they're going to have to go into the to, to the next series with not their top two guys. Who are the top two guys anymore anyway at the top of that rotation? It's, it's like worst case scenario for the Mets to be a wild card team in this year's postseason. No, it, it actually is. And if I could just get this last thing in here. First mm-hmm. of all, okay, Milwaukee, you never know. They still might sneak in. Who knows? San Diego today, the... The Padres daily, they're all nervous. They've been up and down. But I think this is a very interesting point. Now, if the Mets can, if the Mets make the wild card, say they sweep the wild card, they could easily get guys somewhat rested for that October 11th start against the Dodgers. And the, the sort of lingering question for Mets fans will be, would you rather play the Dodgers in five or would you rather play the Dodgers in seven? Now, obviously, what changes the entire uh, question there is the fact that you would have to go through that wild card round. You wouldn't be set rest. But, I, I mean, I can't even believe I'm having this conversation. I know. I it's know. so ridiculous. I'm just, I just have to listen. I need it to vent. Let's go, Mets. Bassett will be fine tomorrow night, and we'll see where we are a week from now. Thanks for a great show. Yeah, Craig, thanks for a great call. Uh, you look at, uh, let's see. Pitching rotation. If DeGrom, in fact, does make that start October 5th, all right, and the Mets end up being the NL wildcard team, that game one is on October 7th. You can't throw DeGrom in that game. You just can't. It's like, well, let me count the days. <laughs> Do I need a, cal- a calendar here? The 5th. So that would be one, two days of rest, three days of rest. DeGrom in his career has never pitched on three days of rest. So when he goes on, f- it'll be the fourth day of rest, would be the October 9th. 
October 9th would be a game three if necessary. You got to pitch him on three days of rest. He's never done it in his career before. Never, ever. And and he's best with, actually, he's best with six days of rest or more. That's when he's at his best. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, this is, this is, this is worst case scenario if the New York Mets. If you're the New York Mets, you're looking at this and you're like, how did this happen? Worst case. Jacob DeGrom, I'm looking at baseballreference.com, days of rest, career splits. There's never been a day where he's he's pitched on less than four days. It's four days, five days, or six days of rest, and that's it. Tom in Florida, you're up next on The Fan. Hey, thanks for my call. Mm-hmm. Thanks for making it. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about the Mets real quick. Yep. You know, I've uh, I've been a fan of this team for probably 25 years now, ever since I was a little kid. And I've really only seen them make the postseason, I don't know, like five times, six times. Okay. Right? Um. Yeah, because I'd say like 98 was when I started becoming a fan. All right, let's get to it. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, look, this is, when you look at it, like this year has been a good year, right? 98 wins. I think we all would have signed up for that. Um, they're likely going to win 100 games. Um, I think that a lot of Met fans out there and a lot of Met fans on this radio station, talking about the hosts particularly, have underestimated the Braves this entire year. The Braves have been playing like close to the, basically like neck and neck with the Dodgers as the best team in the league this year ever since June 1st. You know, when you look at how they started the season mm-hmm. and then where they're at right now, mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. So, look, the Mets, this is a process, okay? And if they settle for a wild card spot, look, they, they don't make the playoffs consistently. They're not like the Dodgers. They're not like the Braves. They're not like the, the Yankees where, like, they're constantly, like, 90-game winners. I mean, how many seasons do we just, like, watch this team and it's like, they finish five, ten games below five hundred. All right. So what you're saying here, Tom, and you're roundabout saying that that you're just satisfied with where the Mets are in terms of the number of wins. Is that it? Is well, that what you're saying? I, I mean, I'm satisfied with the number of wins. Look, I I I obviously want them to win the division, right? You know, because they've just been they've had that first place seed this entire time. But the thing is, like, when you look at the rosters, I mean, the Braves are the reigning champions. You know. Like, we can't underestimate that. And the Mets, they just, they haven't done things consistently for years. I think this year is a step in the right direction. I think with ownership, you know, with Cohen being able to spend money, um, you know, retain guys in the farm system, I think for years to come, this is going to be a good team. Yeah, but what happens when Jacob DeGrom bolts next year? Then what? Well, what I would say is Jacob DeGrom has pitched in only one year in the playoffs. Right? So if he does bolt next year, well, guess what? That frees up more capital to sign other players. Mm, I like I it, mean, but I, pitching, I, like, pitching is king, you know. Well, Danielle, he's only been around since, like, August 1st. You know, the guy can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a big concern. I mean, Max Scherzer's out there. He's 
what is he, 38? He's throwing like seven innings, like sometimes eight innings, like no problem. I mean, come on. You know, the, yeah, I mean, I, I see, it, I see it, where it's, you're it's going. frustrating, but like, I know. you know, I don't want to see Jacob go. I mean, he's been like their best pitcher, you know, arguably since Tom Seaver. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, like, he can't stay out you know, there. If we, right. And, 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 yeah. and, and the, the, the thought, Dom, thanks for the call there. The thought I was having before as I was walking in here was all right, do you let DeGrom walk, right? Allocate, reallocate that money elsewhere, you know, like, a position player that's going to play every day in, you know, right field for you, number 99, I think I would do it. I would do that. All right, we, we, had, we have to hit the break here. So uh, more Mets talk, of course, coming up after the break. Um, and and it, what a meltdown it has been in Atlanta over, the, over these past two days, tonight included. DeGrom, Scherzer, 1-2. That's like a 1-2 knockout for the New York Mets in, in a bad way. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 2 here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan before midnight here on The Fan in New York City. And we are fired up about the New York Mets dropping two of two in a crucial series in Atlanta. And as of, uh, what, an hour and a half ago, the Mets have slid out of their NLDS number two seed. And they have slid back to the number four seed in a matchup if the season ended today. Against the San Diego Padres, the number five seed in the wild card round. Talked briefly before about the lineup questions that I have. What is Alonzo doing at two? What is McNeil doing at four? And I brought up a point about Francisco Alvarez and how completely and utterly it was too late for the Mets to bring. He looked totally overmatch against Jansen especially. I mean, the guy's flinging. He was trying to, to hit a ball to the outer space, Alvarez was. The bat goes flying out of his hands. It's just embarrassing. I got a tweet from Michael and Jerry, fantastic, fantastic participant in my show and in my social medias. He said, great point about Alvarez. Now, is a tweet, by the way. He said, now look at the Yankees bringing up Cabrera last month. Now he is ready as he has gotten used to the big leagues and he could be helpful on the postseason roster. The Mets were three weeks late in bringing Alvarez up. Truth. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And here's another follow-up tweet. He said, Chris Bassett can still put the Mets back in the driver's seat. He was the move you called, Danielle, a key one back on your show in the spring. Tomorrow, in my opinion, is the NL East de facto title game. I believe I was on the air. I went to go get Madeline Burke, actually, downstairs that day. And I came back up, and I forget who the producer was. I think it was Paul Rosenberg. He's like, yo, check your tweets. Bassett's a Met. I was like, yes! Madeline, hold on one second. I got to break the news here on the show. That was pretty cool. Bassett, is he going to be the savior for the Mets? You know what? At this point, unless their bats wake up, unless Buck Showalter puts his hitters back where they belong, Alonzo batting fourth, McNeil up in the order, Eduardo Escobar up in the order, the offense doesn't have a chance. Let's go to an order that you called. Kevin and Camden, you're up on the fam. Good to be back. Good to have you you back. Thank you. Uh, My condolences to the EMT at the NY. EMC, mm-hmm. Allison uh, Russo, my cousin is a fellow FDNY member, so kind of ain't home for me. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, to the Mets, because I have a lot of gripes here. I, I told you, first off, I forget what show it was months ago, 
but I told you about Showalt I did not want him as manager because mm-hmm. I, I thought back to the Britain game when he was in Baltimore. That's right. And I said I didn't, I didn't like him as the manager then, and I didn't want him now. And it, you know what? It's just showing its ugly head at the worst possible time. And you know what? I asked him, what the heck is Mc, uh, uh, McGill doing out of the bullpen? I said, and you know what? I, I, and my dad told me, you watch. The Mets are going to give him two runs now. You watch. It's just so frustrating to see with the Mets right now. What a decision that was, right? First of all, you, in, in, in Baltimore, you keep your all-star reliever on the bench in a in a game that you need to win, and fast forward to to Friday night last night, and you got Tyler McGill who has come in to pitch in relief in his major league career four times prior to Friday night. You're like, hmm, let me go up and down. Let me run my finger up and down this depth chart here. Yeah, Tyler McGill, that's the guy I want. I mean, what, what? And poor Alvarez, listen, he's getting thrown to the wolves. Yes, I mean that that's the best phrase I could put. Thrown to because this kid, he's over. Look. If you would have called him earlier, he could have just. Now it's too late. You just said it. Throwing the wolves. I feel bad for the kid because he's the worst possible series for him to beat you. Just bad moves. And I'm telling you, I think it's going to be a quick exit. One, two. They might not even win the wild card. I have no faith in Jake. Sorry. No, I, just, uh, don't. I, I think I'm on the – I'm checking the schedule here. I think I'm on the air that night. Uh, game two, well, October 9th. I'll be here and we'll, we'll, we'll end that. But yeah. this is really disappointing and it's just a really terrible – Wait for this great season to be over because I just feel like it's, I don't know, I just don't have that much faith anymore in the Mets right now. So, yep. and, that's and how I Kevin, feel about them right now. Yeah, they, they haven't given you much confidence. They haven't exuded it. And, and games that they needed to win, a series that they needed to win against these Atlanta Braves, the best they can do is take one of three. Ace number one, A, Jacob deGrom, no-showed. Ace number two, Max Scherzer, no-showed. Up to Chris Bassett on Sunday to salvage the series and avoid the sweep in a must-win series for the New York Mets. Unbelievable. Josh in the Bronx, you're up next on The Fan. I'm telling you, Danielle, since I've been home listening to all these callers, Mm -hmm. the frustration and everything, when you got Russ and Vogel back, and that was it. Yep. I mean, I'm telling you, since June, you knew that Atlanta, look, it's a marathon. It isn't like, you know, oh, we got first place. It was the same thing last year. Come on, wake up, Apple, wake up, Buck. You know you're supposed to have McNeil batting behind Nimmo second. Yep. You look, Danielle, you've done your homework. You've had everything right on. It's, it's just as simple as that. Get it right for tonight's game, Buck. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be playing San Diego. And, you know, if Juan Soto wakes up, you know, this is the time of the year, Daniel. Everything goes back to zero when that when the playoffs start. And, you know, it's a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. You're right on, Daniel. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks Have for making nice it there, Josh. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. And then you look at the starters. I can't believe I'm doing this already, but you look at the San Diego Padres roster. Mike Clevenger, you Darvish, Sean Manea. I mean, Blake Snell, I know, hasn't been around. But you look at that San Diego Padres starting pitching, and you're like, uh-oh. And the Mets this season so far against the Padres, two wins, 
four losses. Not great if you're a Met fan. All right, Emmanuel's giving me the let's send it to break sign. I see you all on hold. Stay there. I be- Welcome back to McCartan at midnight here on The Fan in New York City. We still got two hours to go. The first hour was went real fast. It's been all about the Mets' demise or perceived demise. Uh, but you know what? I, I got to tell you something really quick because I posted a video before. Uh, for, for the past 14 years, uh, the NFL has instituted the crucial catch campaign. I, I mean, I know you know what it is, but it's to raise awareness for early detection and risk reduction efforts for cancer. So um, it's going to run. You'll start seeing some of the stuff up from this weekend's games through week six. So most of the month of October and the Jets and the Giants, it's up to the teams, but our two teams usually participate, and they allow their players to wear special cleats, special shoelaces to raise awareness for all types of different cancers. Um, You'll also see maybe rainbow-colored goalpost pads, caps on the sidelines, jackets, whatever. You know you, you know what I'm talking about. But I bring this up to you now because this is the first time that I've seen this. I have joined the NFL's and the American Cancer Society's Crucial Catch 25 Push-Ups a Day October Challenge. And I'll do it in honor of my grandma who passed away from lung cancer and in honor of my uncle who beat prostate cancer and my aunt and my first cousin who both beat breast cancer. So I did my first 25 push-ups for October 1st right here, of course, in the WFAN studios. Pat Boyle took the video. Uh, I sped it up so you don't have to watch it. You know, it was like 30 seconds long, but I sped it up. It's like 10 now. So I posted the video. I will do my second Day of 25 push-ups from the parking lot of MetLife Stadium tomorrow. So stay tuned for that video, too, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. And you know what? Every little bit helps, right? Like, remember when we were all doing the ice bucket challenge and the wonders that it did for ALS research and Lou Gehrig's disease uh, research. So together, we can intercept cancer, all of us. So there you go. Now back to baseball. The Mets demise and and Aaron Judge seems to be pitched around every single at bat he's in. They give him one pitch to hit, just one. I mean, the intentional base on balls, the the, the intentional base on balls, but actually throwing the ball outside the zone. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. Somebody tweeted me and said, "Think of all I would groove one. Think of all the money that that the pitcher would make doing autograph appearances with uh, Aaron Judge in 2058." <laughs> I think that's a good point. I would groove one. Come on, man. I would want my name in the history books next to Aaron Judge. Of course I would. All right, we'll go in the order that you called here in the 12 a.m. hour. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm Daniel McCartan, and we will go to Max in Nyack, New York. You're up next on the fan. Yes, I am. I'm on the fan. You're there. I am there. And I called about, uh, initially, about the way they pitched around Judge today was uh, quite sickening. Yep. And I actually uh, told a buddy of mine that I would have, if I was pitching, I would have hit the next batter for the Orioles when he got up after the the disgrace that, I think his name was Zolt, B-O-T-H. Mm. The way he pitched around Judge was a disgrace. Blowing outside, mm-hmm. blowing outside. The poor guy struck out on a ball that he just had to shoot at. Yep. I mean, yes, we have something, right, Danielle? 
You had to swing at something. And uh, it, it was ridiculous to watch that. And and by the way, the all you Mets fans out there that are complaining about Buck Showalter, you won 77 games last year with your last manager. So be quiet. Well, be well what has Buck Showalter ever won there, Max? What has he ever actually won? Danielle, Matt, Matt fans, be happy that you're in the hunt. Oh, just be happy. Oh, Buck, oh. Buck show Walter for today. Just be happy. Just you know what, all Met fans, right. here's be a happy, participation Danielle. trophy for you, Max. It would you, how many participation trophies do you own in your life, Max? None, none. Really? I find that hard to believe. Oh yeah, you do. I don't have any. Trust me, Danielle. I'm way oh. older than you, and I don't have any participation trophies. Or did I give one out? Just you just gave one out to every Met fan listening, Max. Time. You just gave one out. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't think so. You just told Met fans listening right now that you should be happy with where you're at. Is that not That's right. a participation trophy, Max? In the, listen, because, listen, because they're riding on Buck and they won 77 games last year. Okay? Now they're, in a, now they're at least, at least, they're in a hunt. Of course, uh, they're not. They're struggling right now with the Braves. But I'm a Yankee fan, but I, but I'm tired of hearing all. Oh, this a collapse with the Mets. Oh, come on. They might just come out and, and win the whole goddamn thing. Who knows? So they won 77 games. Don't play a Buck Showalter for always struggling with the lineup. Blah blah blah. It's so ridiculous, okay? I, can, I don't believe that's, that's ridiculous at all. You want Pete Alonso? You want Pete Alonso clogging up the bases in front of Francisco Lindor, who now with Marte out leads the team in stolen bases? What what does that, what sense does that make? Make it make sense, please. None. None. It doesn't make any None. sense. Max, None. Max, Rex, you're proving you're on my own point. You're proving my point for me. Typical Yankee fan. Oh. Mets fans should just be happy that they that that they won this many games. Yeah, they have improved under Buck Showalter, but not enough. And they just happened to oh go ahead and pay tens of millions of dollars to Max Scherzer, who last year what was their starting rotation last year? It's not all on Buck that the increase in wins has happened for the Mets. It's not. Participation trophy, Met fans, take it from him. He wants to give it to you. Take it. Come on, man. Don and Dumont, you're up next on the fan. That's my neck of the woods. Actually, I'm wearing a Dumont baseball shirt right now, Don. Nice. Yeah. Well, we know each other. Actually, really quickly, you were talking about that crucial catch. And, yeah. Uh, I uh, I've been very sick myself, and in 17 days, I'm going in for a pancreas transplant. So it's uh. Kind of big. I've been really sick for a while now, but uh, well, best of luck really, with that, Don. We're praying yeah, for you here. I I appreciate it. Really quickly, you know, I I'm a big Yankee fan, but I also follow the Mets, obviously. And you know, if I was a Mets fan right now, I'd be extremely nervous, especially with the whole Jacob Degrom thing, because he just doesn't look right. You know, like he doesn't look right at all. And I, I just hypothetically speaking, like. All right, say, for example, you had, like, an Andy Pettit in the same rotation as Jacob DeGrom, and you're in a Game 7 do-or-die situation, for example, in, like, the NLCS. Mm -hmm. I'm starting a guy like Pettit over DeGrom. I don't know if you would agree with me or something like that, but, you know, just the way he looks, I don't trust him at all right now. Well, right now he's saying he's got that blood blister on his hand. Okay, we'll fix it. I mean, figure out a way. Put some glue on it, some body glue on it, and make it work. 
I mean, exactly. I, I don't understand. It's, it's if it's not one thing, it's the other thing with Degrom too. It's like, oh, it's it's my my butt hurts. Okay, well, and, you know, uh, not, suck it up. Sad, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but what, what is Sean Walter thinking putting uh, Alonzo in the number two slot? That's I have no crazy. idea. I have no idea. Crazy. I mean, I I granted Buck. I think he's one of the, the best masterminds as a manager in baseball, but this is it's just ridiculous. I would I'd be livid if I was a Mets fan right now. Yeah, Don, you got it. Livid. And you got Jeff McNeil, who is who is I, I don't know what Freddie Freeman did tonight, but he's four points, four hundredths of a point lower than than Freddie Freeman for the best batting average, not just in the NL but in the entire league. You got him batting cleanup with his seven home runs on the season. What kind of mastermind planned is that? You got Pete Alonso clogging up all the base bats for for Lindor, who who is second on the team in stolen bases, hitting behind him. What, what kind of mastermind is that? You bring up Alvarez, just what yesterday, two days ago, and you expect him to make an impact on this team in a DH role that he should have been in a month ago. What kind of mastermind is that? Livid. You'd have to be livid. Have to be. Pete Alonso leads the league. Leads the league by one over Aaron Judge in RBI. Runs batted in. Look at the, the leaderboard in the entire Major League Baseball. And you got Pete Alonso one, uh, first. You know what? I feel like I'm going to bat him second. I just feel like one guy ahead of him in the batting order is really going to make a real big difference. What kind of mastermind is that? Make it make sense. Ethan in Hawthorne, you're up on the fan. Hey, Daniel, can you hear me? Yes, gotcha. All right, so I called with my original two points, but I just want to make a comment about the Mets participation trophy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think any Yankee fan expected to win the division this year, but yet here we are, and hey, when we're here, we might as well win the whole thing, right? Right. Who cares if we're better than last year? Yeah, get in the dance, and you never know what happens. Yeah. So, anyway, I was going to call um, regarding the playoffs because you were talking about the Mets-Padres matchup possibly, right? Mm-hmm. But for the Yankees, um, who do you not want to see in the playoffs and who do you want to see in the first round? Oof, uh, you know, that's you know, I, <laughs> that's one of those things where you're like, I want this team, and then they go ahead and they beat you, and you're like, well, that's who you wanted, right? Um, yeah, like we wanted Boston in 2018. So <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, well, let's see. Postseason pitcher. Tampa Bay, it's like, do you go with the enemy that knows you that well or the one that doesn't know you too well, you know? It's always risky when you go in division. Uh, you look at, let me look at the, the, against Tampa Bay. Let's see, the Yankees are 11 and 8 this season against Tampa Bay. And against Cleveland, they're 5 and 1. I like my odds against Cleveland over Tampa, honestly. Yeah, I don't want to see Seattle, honestly. Yeah, Seattle, but the Yankees, yeah, the Yankees are two and four against Seattle on the year. They're just, they just, they're, they're gelling at the right time. You know, they're they pump with energy on the walk off win. You know what I mean? It's just, I think Seattle uh, would worry me most. I, I would agree with you on that. Yes. And plus, they had that one game off a of cold where they hit like three home runs in one inning. So, yeah. yep. Oh, don't even oh. get me started on Garrett Cole. Don't even get oh, me I can't started. Stand I can't stand him. Anyway, you know, who um, really should be the number one is Nestor Cortez Jr. He should be the number one starter, but that won't happen. You know that. 
Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and he should be. He's the most consistent. He had like a two point four four in the year, or something yep. like that. Yep, something ridiculous like that. Yep, he, he had no hitter today. Going today into the fifth. He's he's just insane. Yep, but uh, but he won't get the start. He won't get the first game start. You know that. We all know that. Did you see um, Carpenter's on the mend? And it's concerning for me because I don't see where he fits on the line in the lineup because Dan can't play the field, and then you have. Um, Bader in center, Judge in right. Um, obviously, I don't know. Maybe you play Hicks in left. I, I mean, I, I hate Hicks there, but I don't think Ben Attendee's going to be ready. And honestly, you know, you play Donaldson at third, you DH Stanton. Where's Carpenter going to play? Yeah, you know, I, I being in the Yankee clubhouse over the past, like last week, I guess it was three out of the four days last week. I saw Ben Intendi and I saw Matt Carpenter. And if I'm looking at the both of them with my own non-doctor eyes. I would venture to guess that Ben Dintendi is closer than Carpenter. I mean, Matt Carpenter walked through that clubhouse, and there was a noticeable limp as he was walking through. Noticeable. And that was just last week. So, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and and why can't, Ethan, thanks for the call, why can't Giancarlo Stanton play the outfield? He hits better when he plays the outfield. That's a proven fact. Put him out there. Let him play the outfield. Alvaro in Queens, you're up next on the fan. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good evening, Danielle. You're outlaw. The show's been good so far. You're making some good points. Thank However, mm-hmm. um, I just want to say uh, a couple of things. So uh, initially, um, at the trade deadline, I-, I disagree with you. I don't feel like there were any tr- uh, power bats available. I mean, with the exception of Contreras, but the Cubs wanted to farm for him, and he was a one-year rental, and he's blocked by Alvarez. But I don't think it would have been it would have been a good idea to get Contreras because he doesn't guarantee you a championship this year anyway. Alvarez looks ready for ready to you. No, no, he does not. I mm-hmm. don't believe. I don't agree. I, I agree with you on the point that they should not have brought him up this series. If they were going to bring him up, they should have made it gave him a, a series of two under his belt. At this least was a way too um, high pressure situations to bring up a rookie in. But yeah, I feel bad for the kid. That, with the exception of that, I mean, you know, I don't think that we should have gone all in on Contreras. You know what I mean? Because at the end of this year, he would have been a year, one-year rental, and then he would have been gone. Nah, I, I disagree. I mean, Wilson Contreras was the answer for this Mets team. He was what they needed. He, he's a, he's a ca- he catcher. I mean, what do you, what pr- production are you getting out of the catcher's position in the Mets lineup? Well, zero. Zero, right. Nito, Nito's been, uh, been, Nito's been this September. He's been kind of good. But, I mean, aside from the whole year, we've gotten almost nothing from the catcher position. Mm-hmm. right about that. Right. So, but, I mean, with that being said, I mean, I think, I, listen, I, I don't want to be doom and gloom a lot of, uh, if you go to, on Twitter, I mean, the Mets fans are just, like, so toxic. But I, I feel like if we win tomorrow, right, and nobody had us, I, I mean, even most pundits, and, and myself included, didn't expect for us to take two out of three at Truist. At Truist. You know what I mean? I, I, nobody expected us to win two out of three. If we win tomorrow, if we get the one win, then we control our own destiny. And that's, all, I think, ultimately all that matters. You take one, and then we control our own destiny. Now, if they lose tomorrow and they get swept, then everybody should kill them. You know what I mean? Then it would be just the same old mess. But if they win tomorrow, then you still control your own destiny. I think everybody should look, look at that you know, and, and be hopeful. You know what I mean? I love the optimism, Alvaro. I love the optimism, but it's hard. It's hard when the team has scored how many runs over the past two games? Is it four runs over the past two games? Yeah, two Friday night, two Saturday night. I mean, 
in the series so far, they've been outscored nine to four. It's hard. Your 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 one A starter got roughed up three home runs against him. Your one B starter got roughed up two home runs against him. So I love the optimism, but and I know Chris Bassett's a key piece to this whole thing. I said it the day that they got him, the minute they got him. Great acquisition. But unless these bat, I mean, the Mets are really missing Starling Marte. That's what it boils down to. They're missing Starling Marte. And this cockamamie lineup that Buck Showalter's got out there, I just don't understand. Douglas in the Bronx, you're up next here on The Fan. Good evening, Danielle. How are you? Hi. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. A great show tonight. So, a lot of points to get to. I'm going to try to get in as good as I could. Sure. Um, first, yeah, I got a few tidbits. First, uh, if you were a celebrity associated with New Jersey, not a great week for you this week uh, in reality TV. Last Monday, Teresa from the Jersey Housewives got booted. Uh, my dancing. mom told me she loves dancing with the stars. I heard all about it. <laughs> and on Wednesday, former Jets and Bills head coach Rex Ryan and his golf buddy Tim got booted from The Amazing Race. Oh. Yeah, but uh, in the most recent episode, he was busy yodeling in the hills of Austria, so there's that. <laughs> um, uh, fast forward to Thursday, very heartbreaking seeing Tua go down on yeah. the on the football game. Um, I really don't think he should play for a long while. And I was on Twitter that night, um, like with my heart down, and I felt like um, you know there are a couple. I was reading a lot of doctors, and like I was getting a crash course in neurology all of a sudden <laughs> on Twitter. But, yeah. Like, yeah, they, like there was one doctor that was warning that Tua shouldn't even play Thursday night football, and unfortunately, he was right. I saw that um, guy. That, I saw him on there. Yes. Yeah, but I, and the, uh, very insightful. But I mean, the disheartening part is, but it, it, it's obvious. NFL's all about the shield, all about the almighty dollar. And shortly after the injury, Al Michaels had to read a promo saying like. It's coming up on spooky season, and the horror is heating up. You know, for Amazon, and uh, I mean, he's a he. Uh, Al Michaels is a pro, so he kind of qualified it, saying, "Well, it says here on the card, it's spooky." You know, he's trying to distance himself from that. But again, it's just uh, the. But uh, I, I thank God too is fine and yes. able to uh, talk and uh, express himself. But very scary that night. And the third thing I want to bring up to you before I talk about the Mets, um, Scott Hansen, the host of. NFL Red Zone. He tweeted today that Red Zone will not cut away from the football to show Aaron Judge tomorrow because they will not show chicken pitchers throw four balls nowhere near the plate. <laughs> chicken pitchers? He said that? Chicken pitchers? Yeah. I like that. He said that today. <laughs> very funny. Very funny. Like so here, here's my Mets point. When we entered the month of September, wasn't it the uh, party line? Oh, on paper, they've got the easiest schedule yes. imaginable. Yep. You look at look what they're facing. And then that Labor Day weekend, they lost twice to the Washington Nationals. That infamous Labor Day game against Pittsburgh got rained out. Oh. Where's the money, stuff? I was money? there for it. I was there for that. Don't even remind Where, me. Give, 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 give Daniel back the money, stuff. Yeah. And then that next night, they lost to Pittsburgh 8-2. And then the following week, of course, the uh, horrible three day three day stretch when they got swept by the Cubs. Yep. Um, of course, the the Degrom uh, uh, 
the Durham fumble, uh, fumble. <laughs> I got football in my mind. Uh, the, 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 the Durham, uh, that horrible outing he had in Oakland and then they lost in Miami. That, that, I point to those instances where the Mets should have won. They yep. absolutely should have won. And now they're, now they're paying for it. Mm-hmm. And as you said, uh, they couldn't get Contreras. Uh, I mean, excuse me. They could have gotten Contreras because James McCann is Bupkis. Um, I know Nito does well, but, uh, um, but uh, if Escobar was the Yankees, they'd probably bat him lead off. <laughs> Just the way the Mets line to the Yankees, how they put their lineup as opposed to the Mets. Yep. But what is it? The Mets, are they trying to copy what the Yankees are doing? You know what? And matching? Douglas, that was a thought of mine. I did say to myself, I guess Buck is taking a page out of the Yankees book where he's going to put Alonzo up second. I'm, I'm surprised he's not lead off. I'm surprised. And you know what? We're, we're going to keep the Mets talk, talk going. However, I did want to address that, um, as Douglas just brought up, and you, Mets calls, please stay on hold there. Real quick, when I come back from this break, I do want to talk about um, that the NFL uh, has changed the player safety protocol. Uh, we could do that, or we could do the Mets, whatever you guys want to do. Whatever. I'm up, to, I'm up for anything here tonight. Um, we'll see. I'll decide on the break what we do, but I do have that information for you. The NFL has changed uh, the policy regarding uh, head injuries, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, based on Tua and everything. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. I'm here. Emmanuel Barbaria is behind the glass still tonight. (laughs) He was supposed to switch out at 12, but uh, Kevin Wall... Uh, is uh, is on the mend, and he'll be here soon to tell you uh, exactly what happened. Uh, he is fine. He is, uh, but he'll be here soon. <laughs> Emmanuel's been keeping me abreast of what's been going on. He's taking your calls at 877-337-6666. We'll continue with the Mets stuff. You know, on, on the break, I was just looking. I know we've been talking pretty much all night so far about how DeGrom and how Scherzer have failed the Mets over these past two games, but the Mets, over the same two games, were 4 for 12 with runners in scoring position against, oh, just the defending champion Atlanta Braves. They have left, the Mets left 13 runners on base. And I'm no rocket scientist, but that's not going to get it done. You look at the bottom third of that order, it is a black hole. Neato. I mean, they, they just can't seem to find a combination for that. The, the I mean, Mark Canna tonight, 0 for 4. Tyler Naquin, 0 for 4. Tomas Nito, 0 for 3. Those are the last three. Ba- That's 0 for 4, 8, 9, 9, 10, 11. 0 for 11 was the bottom third of the order. And you want to throw Guillaume in here. It was a pinch hitter for Nito. That's 0 for 12. The bottom third of the Mets order showed up tonight against the Atlanta Braves. That's not going to get it done. No matter if your pitcher is pitching a perfect game, that's not going to get it done. And you got Alonzo batting second. I have no idea why. you got McNeil batting fourth. I have no idea why. And I have no idea why Eduardo Escobar is batting fifth. Move him up. Move him up. I, I just don't understand the, the, the schematics and the, the, the physics uh, and the the rocket scientists science behind Buck Showalter putting out this lineup. 
I don't get it. I, uh, maybe maybe Oliver and Freehold has an answer. Oliver, you're up on the fan. Hello, Danielle McCartan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. So I think you're making a terrible point here on the match. You keep repeating yourself about how Buck Schulter has been managed for 20-plus years is not batting Escobar higher, Jeff McNeil in the right place. At the end of the day, I have another point after this. At the end of the day, um, their pitchers failed, and the two, two of the best pitchers in baseball, Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, sucked. And the, as you just said, they went 0 for 12, those three hitters. That's not Buck Schultz's fault. If they would have won this game, the pitchers pitched like they should have pitched. They'd won in second of all. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Danielle, we need more creativity from you. Just make it make sense over and over again. It's not going to cut it for us. But no one has yet. Oliver, make it make sense to me. Make it make sense. Go ahead. No one has. That's why I keep asking. Waiting for someone to do it. Maybe it's you. He hung up. He did that. I just want everybody listening right now to know that he did that. I did, I, my hands are folded on the desk here. I did not hang up on him. He did it. More creativity from me? More creativity from me? I'm just trying to figure out why the the, the guy, Jeff McNeil, who is just about the, the batting average leader in the major leagues, in the entire league, is batting fourth, and he's got seven home runs on the year. Make that make sense to me. Pete Alonso, leading the league in RBI, is batting second. Why? Lindor, besides Starling Marte, Lindor is now leading the league, I mean leading the team in stolen bases, and he's got Pete Alonso, his slow, you know what, in front of him, clogging up the base bats. Why? There's, maybe there's a reason why Buck Walters never won anything. Why are you changing the lineup? He has never, he has not changed his lineup all season. It's been consistent, especially the top four of that lineup has been consistent. Definitely the top third all year long. Why start changing it now? What's the science behind that? I want to know because that's not something I would do with my own teams. Jesse and Queens, you're up next on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Great talking to you again. You too. You know, Buck is, Buck looks like he's panicking because he's, he had that lineup the whole year, and all of a sudden, just changing it up. Yep. This is like this is this shows a team that that he's in a panic mode, and that's a bad time because the, the whole team, you know, gets into that panic mode too. The, the the team goes after the manager. Yes. If the manager is confident and sticks to the the same program, the team will follow. And and by, I'm sure they're noticing that Buck is is changing stuff up. So the team is like saying, oh, he's nervous. Mm-hmm. So they're all getting nervous. So yeah. it's not helpful. And also, Epler, oh, my goodness. They couldn't get Trey Mancini. They couldn't get Contreras. They couldn't get uh, that reliever Robertson or another reliever. Yep. You couldn't do that. If they gotten those guys, I, I assure you, they would have been up by four or five games right now. Uh, that is not a, a stretch, Jesse. I agree with you on that. Definitely. Unbelievable. Ineptitude at the trade deadline. You could throw money at anything, right? You can go throw money at Bassett, right? You could throw money at Scherzer. But when you have to come and make a trade at the trade deadline, Epler totally failed the Mets this year. Complete and total failure. I I don't want to see him more as a GM. If if they if they collapse and if if the worst comes to worst comes worst case scenario comes, yeah. they get thrown out of the playoffs right away. I want Epler gone. Gone. That was just, it was just he he never did anything with the Angels. 
I mean, they never went anywhere okay, yep. with his track record. Yep. And look, look, he came to a team that's loaded with money, yep. loaded with prospects, but he wanted to protect his, his top 18 prospects or something like he said. What a fool. What, a, what, a, what an idiot, yep. really. What a, what a fool. Absolutely, Jesse. It was, it was, and, and I don't know who here was like, oh, Vogelback, that great, great. The day it happened, I called him a half a DH. Never loved the Vogelback thing. I mean, Tyler Naquin, that's the best you can do? He's been horrible. He's been horrible. And you're right. The the team takes on the personality of the manager. And maybe, maybe you're right, Jesse, by switching everything around, maybe he's getting a little nervous and the team's feeling it. Maybe. Maybe someone's starting to make it make sense. Peter in Red Bank, you're up next on The Fan. Hello? Hey, Peter. Hey, how are you? First time called, big fan of yours. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I've been watching the Met games the last two days from start to finish, and what what is evident to me is that, you know, that you don't bring up a lot is that Starling Marte really cannot be replaced in that lineup. And oh, no, definitely not. Really suffering. The team's been suffering because yep. of that. Yep. And I think the buck is holding them out because the playoffs are more important. And that's why he might, even if he could DH, they just probably want him in to get healed. I don't know. I, he's still experiencing pain. I mean, they tried. He can't even hold a bat, they said. That's not good news yeah. a week before the play, postseason's supposed to start. I give, listen, I give Buck credit for trying to shake up the lineup. He put that rookie in. I uh, never played before. Everyone thinks giving him a lot of, you know, criticism for that. But I, I think, that, listen, Buck's the best manager the Mets have ever had, and I'm happy with everything he does. And I'm confident in the playoffs, they're going to go all the way. Alvarez, out bringing Alvarez up in this series was a total and utter failure. Whose decision was that? You expect <laughs> the guy me. to I'm, adjust yeah. to Major League pitching on the biggest stage of the Mets season? I mean, what? That's because of Ruff. I mean, they had to replace somebody. Ruff? People were calling for Ruff to be DFA'd a month ago. Where was Alvarez then? Oh, that's true. I give you that. I mean, come on, come on! What are we doing here? You know, and right. and, and, and you're right, Peter. Starling Marte has been in a major, major, uh, um, you know, miss missing out of this lineup. He's a huge part of it. But Buck Showalter, just what day was this? this September 28th. How many days ago was that? Three. Buck Showalter said he just needs to get to the point where he can grip a ball and grip a bat. But he is not there yet. I'm not optimistic at all about Marte returning for a postseason series. At all. Grip a ball and grip a bat? That's some serious stuff. I mean, come on. You're the best manager in Mets history. Oh, yeah? Well, where were you when you had to make a decision when you ha- you still have zero production out of your catcher's position? Why wouldn't you call him up sooner? Why would you bring him up in the most important series of the season for the Mets and expect him to do well? Who thinks of that? I feel bad for the kid. I really do. Trying to knock the cover off the ball, and he swings the bat into into oblivion. The bat, not the ball. Too 
much pressure for a kid like that. Too much. The one night he left six runners on base. What was that? The one DeGrom pitch. So Friday night, he left six runners on base. 0 for 4. He hasn't got a hit yet in the major leagues. He's 0 for 6. Over the course of two very important games for the New York Mets. Whose idea was that? Anthony and Neptune, you're up on the fan. What's up, Danielle? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, diehard Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. Diehard Yankee fan, but I, I root for both teams. I, I, I want the Mets to do well. I, I do, too. To do well. Yep. Um, I watched the Met game, obviously, tonight and watched it the past couple of nights. Uh, I, I think back, being a diehard Yankee fan, right, I think back over the last couple of years, Number one, number two, number three offense in baseball, right? We get to the playoffs, and what's our Achilles heel, right? We hit a bunch of home runs, and then all of a sudden in the playoffs, it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So likewise, right, with the Mets, I, I know they're struggling, right? They're, they're, they're not scoring a lot of runs, but I, I feel like what happened to the Yankees, they go into the playoffs hot and they can't score. I don't see why the Mets can't get into the, can't get into the playoffs, and Maybe something turns on for them. Maybe the switch turns on. They score a couple of runs, and they have DeGrom and Scherzer, two of the best pitchers in baseball, on their side. Uh, two pitchers that I would love to have as a Yankee fan. Sure. So, I mean, right, a, a five-game series or a seven-game series with those two guys pitching, what, maybe three games in a five-game series or, or four games in a seven-game series? I, I, know, I know it's hard to watch. But I think they have as good of a shot as anybody as long as those two guys are healthy, despite what they showed the last two days. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what your opinion is on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you, you got, if, listen, if you're a pitcher, a major league pitcher, you got a blood blister on your, your pitching hand, your pitching finger, that's a big deal. You got to get that under control. Okay? You have to. Scherzer just didn't look good. Maybe they rebound, and maybe this is the fire that, that, that goes underneath the bolt of their butts. You know what? And they say, no more. Buck stops here. No pun intended there, but the buck stops here. That's it. I don't know. But right now, there. I, I know as a Yankee fan, you might be, like you just said, you might be like, hey, I'd take either of those two guys on my team any day. But they haven't been pitching well. That's that's a fact. And again, Derek on Twitter, at Dflex2123, says, as usual, excellent show, Danielle. I think not having Marte has really hurt the Mets lineup. He's a key piece. They need him back. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon, but I'm no doctor. And there have been miracles. Mets fans know that all too well. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till two. Give me, get aboard at 877-337-6666. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be... Midnight here on the fan in New York City. I'm just trying to figure out, Manny, what should I do here? I'm trying to put up a poll on Twitter about the Mets here because we've got Mets calls all night long so far. Um, I'm, I'm trying to ask, because, you know, Twitter only gives you four options. So I'm trying right. to ask, I put the Mets dot, 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 
Choice one is wildcard exit. Choice two, NLDS exit. Choice three, NLCS exit. Now, choice four, do I make it win the World Series or lose the World Series? What do I do? Because they only give you four. That's interesting. Uh, do you go generic World Series? But, of course, that's vague yeah, because... I know. Two options there. I know. What do I do? Huh. Twitter, man. I need to think about this. This is a tough one. <laughs> I know. I don't know what to do. Because I want to, I want to, what I want to do is take the pulse of the Met fans that are out there on the internet and also listening and win. Should I just do win slash lose World Series? You could do that or you could group the DS and the CS together because I feel like most are in the camp that the season's ending one of two ways. You're either going on a DS slash CS run or you fold here and then you're bouncing the wild card round. So you could group the DS and the CS, but right. is it worth giving the World Series two two options? I don't think so. Hmm. I need to go with how one about, World how about Series. Get to World Series. Get to? Yeah, like reach the World reach. Series. Yeah, that's a good word. Reach World Series. Perfect. Send it. Solved it. So, all right. I, and I love like short polls. So I'm just going to do this like 20 minutes because I, I like to know the results. 23 minutes. Go ahead and vote at Coach MCCARTAN. What do you think, Emmanuel? What do you say if you had a vote? I in this? still am optimistic uh, on the Mets. I think they win tonight now since we're into what would have been tomorrow. I think they win tonight. They control their destiny. They win the division. And sure, it's up for grabs now. But this Mets team, whenever they've been knocked down this year, They've had a knack for getting back up. And I think that's what's made them different than previous Mets teams. Everyone's like, same old Mets. But mm -hmm. the way it's been different is they've always had an answer and they've had a level of resolve that I don't think previous Mets teams have had because they would have crumbled far earlier yeah. with this Braves dominance mm -hmm. if it was a previous Mets year. Hmm. So your vote would be? I think they get to the CS. Uh, th that would be my... That'd be my vote. I think the Mets are a World Series caliber team. Yeah. I think it's a self-inflicted wound. They had a horrible trade deadline. Yep. They had a brutal trade deadline. They were staring a championship in the face, and yep. they blew it at the trade deadline. That's why I think they lose in the LCS, whether it's the Dodgers, the Braves, whatever the matchup may be, mm -hmm. they're an LCS exit this year. All right. Well, that's you, you would right now be the only vote on that one. <laughs> the early... Uh-oh, did this post twice? Yeah, you, you would be the only vote. No one has voted that yet. I got to get involved in the snap Go poll ahead. now. I'm going to hop ahead. on it. The Twitter, on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. The early, early votes here saying that 50% of Mets fans believe that they are a wildcard exit team. 30% say NLDS exit. And 20% say they reached the World Series. Hmm. Where would I would vote? Uh... Oof, that's a tough question. <laughs> My own question is pretty tough. I think they could beat the Padres. I think they get bounced by the Dodgers and the NLDS. Um, so that's that's where my vote would go. NLDS exit. All right, we'll go back to the phones at 877-337-6666. In the order that you called to Staten Island, we go, Bill, you're up on the fan. Yeah. Good evening, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh. Uh... I don't know. Yeah. Befuddled? That's a good word. I'm throwing a word. Red flag. Come on, Buck. Are you kidding me? Of course, like you said, batting feet second all of a sudden. For what reason? Why? 
don't understand. I don't get it either. I have no idea. I can't explain it. I'm still trying to find that answer, Bill. Naquin should not even be on the field. Well, he, the Army sitting on the bench? Yeah. For what? Right. That That's for the what? one thing get I would his do. glove in at second base. Mm-hmm. Put McNeil back in the outfield. Yep. Burnett, forget Naquin. Russ, out in the parking lot. Yep. Collecting tickets. Agreed. Starting Monday. Collected tickets. I don't know. Bring up the kid too late. For what? To put pressure on him? Right. You didn't put him behind the plate to say, okay, you're coming up, it catches hurt, put him behind the plate. Too late. You put him into the DH. What are you saying to this 20-year-old kid? Mm-hmm. We want you to hit for power. Not hit. Yep. The kid's still swinging. He's on the... My apologies. Oh, I almost went there. <laughs> you almost did. Almost. But I'm glad you didn't. <sighs> Because I feel the passion. I feel the frustration. Befuddled is a great word, Bill. Befuddled. That's what Mets fans are right now. Befuddled. I agree. Because I'm on the fan. You see, my wife's just walking in. Why are you so loud? She don't watch the game with me. (laughs) She goes out with her girlfriends tonight and last night. And she will tomorrow. Yeah. So they have to eat. Let me just be befuddled. Be befuddled, ruminate in the Mets, continue to lose. You know, the, the point I was making before about Alvarez, right? Everybody is agreeing with the fact that the Mets brought him up entirely too late, right? Everybody agrees with that. I, I haven't met one caller or one tweeter that believes that that was the right time to bring up Alvarez. I, I point to, and this was a point made by uh, by Michael and Jerry on Twitter, look at what the Yankees did with Oswald Peraza. So I just did. As you were talking, Bill, I just did. Oswald Peraza is hitting 313 at the major league level. You know when the Yankees brought him up? Not last week. The Yankees brought him up. Today's October 2nd. They brought him up September 2nd. He's been with the major league club for a month. For a month. And his first hit didn't come to his fourth game. He was an offer. Come on, Siri. He was an offer for for offer eight. In his first three games. Then all of a sudden he was three for five against the Twins and been on a tear since. They brought him up a month ago. He's making a difference now. What difference did the Mets plan for for Alvarez to make for them? I I feel bad for the kid. I really do. It's just embarrassing for the Mets to, to expect him to be able to to, to, to com- contribute at a high level uh, in the most important series of the year. And, and he, honestly, there were no plans. He was on his, he was driving home with his dad and his mom or his dad, one of them, or both of them. He was driving home to Florida in the car and they got as far south as South Carolina before they had to turn around and come right back to New York. Come on. That, I blame that on the organization. Eric in Brooklyn, you're up next on the fan. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, first of all, everything you've been saying for the last maybe 10 minutes, I had this exact conversation with one of my friends like towards the end of the game. Um, I, I love Buck, but I, I haven't questioned him all season. I have to agree with why is Alonzo batting second? Why is McNeil not batting higher in the lineup? And I, I've... I've had two questions the last two days that 
I don't know. Maybe you can explain those. Like you said, make me understand. Um, number one, why is Tyler McHill still being put in out of the bullpen? Why? He's shown you nothing since he came back out of the bullpen. Why is he coming in in high-leverage situations? Mm-hmm. That was my question yesterday. Mm-hmm. And today, what did Max Scherzer show you in the fifth inning after he gave up the lead to warrant him coming back in the sixth to give up another home run? Mm-hmm. He looked done in the fifth inning. Why is he coming back out there in the sixth? Why? You could see, obviously, he didn't have it. You're in a one-run game. You put him back out there to give up another home run. I understand he's Max Scherzer. But with his history, on days when he doesn't have it, which is not very often, yes. he just doesn't have it. Yes. Why, why is he coming back out? I don't understand. So, you know, as much as I haven't questioned Buck right. all season, right. in the last three or four days, I've had about six questions about what Buck's doing. And like you said, this is probably why he's never won. Yep. It, it, there's like a it, panic it, it, that it, sets in at the end. I don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, do what's working for you. Everything you said I agree with. McNeil should be in the outfield. Giorme should be playing every day. Yes. Giorme's defense is better than anybody on the team. Yeah, I know. He should be on the field. I know. I know. It, it doesn't make sense. Alvarez, a month ago, you have the worst production in the majors from the catcher spot. Yeah, from 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 April. Since April. Tomas Nilo is 10 times better than your starting catcher, and he's not good. I, I don't get it. Alvarez should have been up a month ago yep. at the trade deadline. That's another thing, the trade deadline. Ruff is unplayable. Naquin and Vogelback had a little spark when they got here, change of scenery. They've been terrible. You, you're, you're on a post. It's like they were operating like a small market team at the trade deadline. All over again. It's like they were operating like they're not in a World Series race. Yep. That is the, those are the guys you get when you're sellers at, at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Naquin, Vogelback, those are the guys you get to appease your fan base, like the Wilpons used to. Yep. Yep. You had prospects. You, the, 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 also, bullpen help. Philadelphia got... David Robertson for their 26th best prospect. Yep. How are you not involved in that deal? I don't know. I have no idea. It doesn't make sense. You got Givens. You're not even pitching the guy. I, I know. It makes no sense. Yeah, because he Givens the home runs to the other teams. And that's why he's he nailed can, to the bench. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're trying McGill, and he's been terrible since he came back. He's a starter. Yep. And I tell Some you. starters can't. Can't hack it out of the bullpen. Eric, you know who I'm moving to the bullpen who has bullpen experience in high leverage situations? I said it a month ago. You know who I'm moving there? Carlos Carrasco. In, in the postseason, trust me. Trust me. You're only going to play four pitchers. Yep. You're trust me. Have to because He's, he has experience there. Yep. And, and, and experience and in high leverage situations to boot. Right, and, and he's had his shake, his shakiness, but he's been solid for us this year. Yep. He's been all right. For the, for the most part, Cookie's been solid this year. Yep. And I haven't really had a problem with DeGrom. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if the contract's in his mind. I, I don't know what's going on with him. But, I mean, you know, he, he's he's earned that here, right? He's earned that to have a couple of bad outings, you know. It, he has. It, it's, it's, he's earned that. It's just the timing, Eric, he's, is, is unfortunate. He's on, he's, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's okay, Eric. 
I just, oh, it's okay. Uh, I just said that the timing has been unfortunate, but the answer is Carlos Carrasco in the bullpen. I said it a month ago. A month ago. Mendy in Brooklyn, you're up on the fan. Hey, how's it going, Danielle? Good, how are you? By the way, I, I became a huge, gigantic fan of you. Everything you are saying are facts. You know, everybody's talking about Buck, and I get it. I, I, I do. But Billy Epler is the one who deserves to go under fire. Mm-hmm. You go ahead, and your big trade headlines are two people who look like they're playing the wrong sport. They go ahead, and they look like offensive linemen who can't hit, who can't field, who can't do anything, and you go ahead, and you could have called up Alvarez a while ago. How in the world, when you are in first place, I'm sick and tired of it. Every year we get excited, we get excited, and you go ahead and you're selling acquisitions, our two offensive linemen, and one, and Tyler Naquin, who I guarantee you, 98% of the fan base has never heard of, absolutely never heard of, robust pitching market, <laughs> robust pitching market. In fact, I see so much pitching, so much pitching all around the league. Yankees bullpen, Braves bullpen, even even the Phillies bullpen. Who do we have? We have Diaz. What is the point of giving Max Scherzer $43 million a year? Jacob DeGrom, $38 million a year. Carrasco, $20 million a year. To then have the bullpen blow it later on. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter what they do. Mm-hmm. And you have no offense. Why would you not go after a J.D. Martinez? Why would you not go after a... Oh, we'll see Contreras. Mm-hmm. Because it may cost you Mauricio. Yeah, Mauricio? Really? Because you got Lindor there, too. I'll tell you where Mauricio is. He's a Binghamton. What do I care about Binghamton? Every year we get excited. We're having a great year. You go for it. This is not guaranteed to have the same team back. You go for it. And we don't go for it ever. He was saying the word robust, by the way. That wasn't a curse word. Anybody listening? Robust was the word. One clarification, Max Scherzer will be on the team next year. But, hey, he, that was a great call. That was a great call. Mendy, I love it. Love the passion. Sorry, Pat, we're a little late on the update here. But Pat's here to give you an update, and I'll be right Welcome back to McCartan at midnight here on The Fan in New York City. We still got two hours to go. The first hour was went real fast. It's been all about the Mets' demise, or perceived demise. Uh, but you know what? I, I got to tell you something really quick because I posted a video before. Uh, for, for the past 14 years, uh, the NFL has instituted the crucial catch campaign. I, I mean, I know you know what it is, but it's to raise awareness for early detection and risk reduction efforts for cancer. So um, it's going to run. You'll start seeing some of the stuff up from this weekend's games through week six. So most of the month of October and the Jets and the Giants, it's up to the teams, but our two teams usually participate and they allow their players to wear special cleats, special shoelaces to raise awareness for all types of different cancers. Um, you also see maybe rainbow colored goalpost pads, caps on the sidelines, jackets, whatever, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, but I bring this up to you now because this is the first time that I've seen this. I have joined the NFL's and the American Cancer Society's Crucial Catch 25 Push-Ups a Day October Challenge. And I'll do it in honor of my grandma who passed away from lung cancer and in honor of my uncle who beat prostate cancer and my aunt and my first cousin who both beat breast cancer. So I did my first 25 push-ups for October 1st right here, of course, in the WFAN studios. Pat Boyle took the video. Uh, I sped it up so you don't have to watch it 
you know, it was like 30 seconds long, but I sped it up. It's like 10 now. So I posted the video. I will do my second day of 25 push-ups from the parking lot of MetLife Stadium tomorrow. So stay tuned for that video too, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. And you know what? Every little bit helps, right? Like, remember when we were all doing the ice bucket challenge and the wonders that it did for ALS research and Lou Gehrig's disease uh, research. So together, we can intercept cancer, all of us. So there you go. Now back to baseball. The Mets demise and, and Aaron Judge seems to be pitched around every single at-bat he's in. They give him one pitch to hit, just one. I mean, the intentional base on balls... The, the the intentional base on balls, but actually throwing the ball outside the zone. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. Somebody tweeted me and said, think of all, I would groove one. Think of all the money that, that the pitcher would make doing autograph appearances with uh, Aaron Judge in 2058. <laughs> I think that's a good point. I would groove one. Come on, man. I would want my name in the history books next to Aaron Judge. Of course I would. All right, we'll go in the order that you called here in the 12 a.m. hour, 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan, and we will go to Max in Nyack, New York. You're up next on the fan. Yes, I am. I'm on the fan. You're there. I am there. And I called about uh, initially about the way they pitched around Judge today was uh, quite sickening. Yep. And I actually uh, told a buddy of mine that I would have, if I was pitching, I would have hit the next batter for the Orioles when he got up after the, after the disgrace that I think his name was Zolt, B-O-T-H. Mm. The way he pitched around Judge was a disgrace. Blowing outside, mm-hmm. blowing outside. The poor guy struck out on a ball that he just had to shoot at. Yep. I mean, yes, we had something, right, Danielle? Yes, we had something. And uh, it, it was ridiculous to watch that. And and by the way, the all you Mets fans out there that are complaining about Buck Showalter, you won seventy seven games last year with your last manager. So be quiet. Well, be well, what has Buck Showalter ever won there, Max? What has he ever actually won? Hey, Danielle, Matt, Mets fans, be happy that you're in the hunt. Oh, the just be happy. Oh, just be happy. Just, you know what? All Mets fans, here's a participation trophy for you, Max. How many participation trophies do you own in your life, Max? None. None. Really? I find that hard to believe. Oh, yeah, you do? I don't have any. Trust me, Danielle, I'm way older than you. And I don't have any participation trophies. Or did I give one out? You just gave one out to every Mets fan listening, Max. You just gave one out. Oh, yeah? I don't think so. You just told Met fans listening right now that you should be happy with where you're at. Is that not That's right. a participation trophy, Max? In the, listen, because listen, because they're riding on Buck and they won 77 games last year. Okay, now they're in a, now they're, they're at least at least they're in a hunt. Of course, uh, they're not. They're struggling right now with the Braves. But I'm a Yankee fan. But, I, but I'm tired of hearing, all, oh, is this a collapse with the Mets? Oh, come on. They might just come out and, and win the whole goddamn thing. Who knows? So they won 77 games. Don't play a buck show, Walter, for always struggling with the lineup. Blah, blah, blah. 
It's so ridiculous, okay? I, I don't and believe that's, that's ridiculous at all. You want Pete Alonso? You want Pete Alonso clogging up the bases in front of Francisco Lindor, who now, with Marte out, leads the team in stolen bases? What what does that, what sense does that make? Make it make sense, please. None. None. It doesn't make any None. sense. None. Max, you're right. Rex, you're proving you're on my own point. You're proving my point for me. Typical Yankee fan. Oh, Mets fans should just be happy that they that that they won this many games. Yeah, they have improved under Buck Showalter, but not enough. And they just happened to oh go ahead and pay tens of millions of dollars to Max Scherzer, who last year what was their starting rotation last year? It's not all on Buck that the increase in wins has happened for the Mets. It's not. Participation trophy, Met fans, take it from him. He wants to give it to you. Take it. Come on, man. Don and Dumont, you're up next on the fan. That's my neck of the woods. Actually, I'm wearing a Dumont baseball shirt right now, Don. Nice. Yeah. Well, we know each other. Actually, really quickly, you were talking about that crucial catch. And, yeah. uh I uh, I've been very sick myself, and in 17 days, I'm going in for a pancreas transplant. So it's uh. Kind of big. I've been really sick for a while now, but uh. Well, best of luck really, with that, Don. We're praying yeah, for you here. I I appreciate it. Really quickly, you know, I I'm a big Yankee fan, but I also follow the Mets, obviously. And you know, if I was a Mets fan right now, I'd be extremely nervous, especially with the whole Jacob Degrom thing, because he just doesn't look right. You know, like he doesn't look right at all. And I, I just hypothetically speaking, like. All right, say, for example, you had, like, an Andy Pettit in the same rotation as Jacob DeGrom, and you're in a Game 7 do-or-die situation, for example, like the NLCS. Mm-hmm. I'm starting a guy like Pettit over DeGrom. I don't know if you would agree with me or something like that, but, you know, just the way he looks, I don't trust him at all right now. Well, right now he's saying he's got that blood blister on his hand. Okay, yeah. we'll fix it. I mean, figure out a way. Put some glue on it, some body glue on it, and make it work. I mean, exactly. I, I don't understand. It's, it's if it's not one thing, it's the other thing with Degrom too. It's like, oh, it's it's my my butt hurts. Okay, well, and, uh, you know, uh, and suck I, it up. Sad, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but what is Shaw Walter thinking putting uh, Alonzo in the number two slot? That's I have no crazy. idea. I have no idea. Crazy. I mean, I I granted Buck. I think he's one of the best masterminds as a manager in baseball, but this is it's just ridiculous. I would I'd be livid if I was a Mets fan right now. Yeah. Done. You got it. And you got Jeff McNeil, who is, who is I, I don't know what Freddie Freeman did tonight, but he's four points, four hundredths of a point lower than, than Freddie Freeman for the best batting average, not just in the NL, but in the entire league. You got him batting cleanup with his seven home runs on the season. What kind of mastermind plan is that? You got Pete Alonso clogging up all the base paths for, for Lindor, who, who is second on the team in stolen bases. Hitting behind him. What kind of mastermind is that? You bring up Alvarez just what yesterday, two days ago, and you expect him to make an impact on this team in a DH role that he should have been in a month ago? What kind of mastermind is that? Livid. You'd have to be livid. Have to be. Pete Alonso leads the league, leads the league by one over Aaron Judge in RBI. Runs batted in, look at the, the leaderboard in the entire Major League Baseball, and you got Pete Alonso uh, first. You know what?
know what? I feel like I'm going to bat him second. I just feel like one guy ahead of him in the batting order is really going to make a real big difference. What kind of mastermind is that? Make it make sense. Ethan in Hawthorne, you're up on the fan. Hey, Daniel, can you hear me? Yes, got you. All right, so I called with my original two points, but I just want to make a comment about the Mets participation trophy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any Yankee fan expected to win the division this year, but yet here we are, and hey, when we're here, we might as well win the whole thing, right? Right. Who cares if we're better than last year? Yeah, you know? get in the dance, anyway. and you never know what happens. Yeah, so anyway, I was going to call um, regarding the playoffs, because you were talking about the Mets-Padres matchup possibly, right? Mm-hmm. But for the Yankees, um, who do you not want to see in the playoffs, and who do you want to see in the first round? Oof, uh, you know that's you know I, <laughs> that's one of those things where you're like, I want this team, and then they go ahead and they beat you, and you're like, well, that's who you wanted, right? Um, yeah, like we wanted Boston in 2018. So <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I mean, well, let's see, postseason pitcher. Tampa Bay, it's like, do you go with the enemy that knows you that well or the one that doesn't know you too well, you know? It's always risky yeah. when you go in division. Uh, you look at, let me look at the, the against Tampa Bay. Play Tampa. Let's see, the Yankees are 11-8 and eight this season against Tampa Bay. And against Cleveland, they're 5-1. and one. I like my odds against Cleveland over Tampa, honestly. Yeah, I don't want to see Seattle, honestly. Yeah, Seattle, but the Yankees, yeah, the Yankees are two and four against Seattle on the year. They're just, they just, they're, they're gelling at the right time. You know, they're, they pump with energy on the walk off win. You know what I mean? It's just, I think Seattle uh, would worry me most. I, I would agree with you on that. Yes. And plus, they had that one game off a of cold where they hit like three home runs in one inning. So, yeah. yep. Oh, don't even so, get me started on Garrett Cole. Don't even get oh, me started. I can't started. stand them. I can't stand them. You know, who really should be the number one is Nestor Cortez Jr. He should be the number one starter, but that won't happen. You know that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and he should be. He's the most consistent. He has like a 2.44 in the year or something like that. Yep, something ridiculous like that. Yep, he he had a no-hitter today going today into the fifth. He's he's just insane. Yep, but But he won't get the start. He won't get the first game start. You know that. We all know that. Did you see um, Carpenter's on the mend? And it's concerning for me because I don't see where he fits on the line in the lineup because Dan can't play the field. And then you have um, Bader in center, Judge in right. Um, obviously, I don't know, maybe you play Hicks in left. I, I mean, I, I hate Hicks there, but I don't think Ben Attendee's going to be ready. And honestly, you know, you play Donaldson at third. UDH Stanton, where's Carpenter going to play? Yeah, you know, I, I being in the Yankee clubhouse over the past, like last week, I guess it was, three out of the four days last week, I saw Ben Intendi and I saw Matt Carpenter, and if I'm looking at the both of them with my own non-doctor eyes, I would venture to guess that Ben Intendi is closer than Carpenter. I mean, Matt Carpenter walked through that clubhouse and there was a noticeable limp as he was walking through. Noticeable. And that was just last week. So, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but... I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and and why can't Ethan? Thanks for the call. Why can't John Carlos Stanton play the outfield? He hits better when he plays the outfield. That's a proven fact. Put him out there. Let him play the outfield. Alvaro in Queens. You're up next on the fan. Hello. Hello. 
Hey, how you doing? Good evening, Danielle. Uh, the show's been good so far. You're making some good points. Thank However, mm-hmm. um, I just want to say uh, a couple of things. So uh, initially, um, at the trade deadline, I-, I disagree with you. I don't feel like there were any tr- uh, power bats available. I mean, with the exception of Contreras, but the Cubs wanted to farm for him, and he was a one-year rental, and he's blocked by Alvarez. But I don't think it would have been a- it would have been a good idea to get Contreras because he doesn't guarantee you a championship this year anyway. Alvarez looks ready for- ready to you. No, no, he does not. I don't mm-hmm. believe. I don't agree. I, I agree with you on the point that they should not have brought him up this series. If they were going to bring him up, they should have made it, gave him a, a series or two under his belt. At this least, was a way to um, high pressure situations to bring up a rookie in. But yeah, I feel bad the for the kid. That, with the exception <sighs> of that, I mean, you know, I don't think that we should have gone all in on Contreras. You know what I mean? Because at the end of this year, he would have been a year, one year rental, and then he would have been gone. Nah, I, I disagree. I mean, Wilson Contreras was the answer for this Mets team. He was what they needed. He he's a, he's a ca- catcher. I mean, what do you what pr- production are you getting out of the catcher's position in the Mets lineup? Well, zero. Zero, right? Nito Nito's been uh, been Nito's been this September. He's been kind of good, but I mean, aside from the whole year, we've gotten almost nothing from the catcher position. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. Right. But, so, I mean, with that being said, I mean, I think, I, listen, I, I don't want to be doom and gloom a lot of, uh, if you go to, on Twitter, I mean, the Mets fans are just, like, so toxic. But I, I feel like if we win tomorrow, right, and nobody had us, I, I mean, even most pundits, and, and, me, and myself included, didn't expect for us to take two out of three at truest. You know what I mean? I, I, nobody expected us to win two out of three. If we win tomorrow, if we get the one win, then we control our own destiny. And that's, I think, ultimately all that matters. You take one, and then we control our own destiny. Now, if they lose tomorrow and they get swept, then everybody should kill them. You know what I mean? Then it would be the same old mess. But if they win tomorrow, then you still control your own destiny. I think everybody should look at that, you know, and and be hopeful. You know what I mean? I love the optimism, Alvaro. I love the optimism, but it's hard. It's hard when the team has scored how many runs over the past two games? Is it four runs over the past two games? Yeah. Two Friday night, two Saturday night. I mean, in the series so far, they've been outscored nine to four. It's hard. Your 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 one A starter got roughed up, three home runs against him. Your one B starter got roughed up, two home runs against him. So I love the optimism, but and I know Chris Bassett's a key piece to this whole thing. I said it the day that they got him, the minute they got him. Great acquisition. Unless he's bad. I mean, the Mets are really missing Starling Marte. That's what it boils down to. They're missing Starling Marte. And this cockamamie lineup that Buck Showalter's got out there, I just don't understand. Douglas in the Bronx, you're up next here on The Fan. Good evening, Danielle. How are you? Hi. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. A great show tonight. So, a lot of points to get to. I'm going to try to get him as good as I could. Sure. Um, first, yeah, I got a few tidbits. First, uh, if you were a celebrity associated with New Jersey, not a great week for you this week uh, in reality TV. Last Monday, Teresa from the Jersey Housewives got booted. Uh, my dancing. mom told me she loves dancing with the stars. I heard all about it. <laughs> and on Wednesday, former Jets and Bills head coach Rex Ryan and his golf buddy Tim got booted from The Amazing Race. Oh. Yeah, but uh, in the most recent episode, he was busy yodeling in the hills of Austria, so there's that. <laughs> um, uh, fast forward to Thursday, very heartbreaking seeing Tua go down on yeah. the 
on the football game. Um, I really don't think he should play for a long while. And I was on Twitter that night, um, like with my heart down and, I felt like, um, you know, there are a couple, I was reading a lot of doctors and like I was getting a crash course in neurology all of a sudden. <laughs> on Twitter, but, yeah. Like, yeah, they, like there was one doctor that was warning that Tua shouldn't even play Thursday night football. And unfortunately, he was right. I saw that um, guy. Then, I saw him on there, yes. Yeah, but I, and the, uh, very insightful. But I mean, the disheartening part is, uh, it, it, it's obvious NFL's all about the shield, all about the almighty dollar. And, Shortly after the injury, Al Michaels had to read a promo saying, like, it's coming up on spooky season and the horror is heating up, you know, for Amazon. And, uh, I mean, he's a, he, uh, Al Michaels is a pro, so he kind of qualified it saying, well, it says here on the card it's spooky You know, he's trying to distance himself from that. But, again, it's just uh, – the but uh, I, I thank God, too, it's fine. And yes. he's able to uh, talk and uh, express himself, but – very scary that night. And the third thing I want to bring up to you before I talk about the Mets, um, Scott Hansen, the host of NFL Red Zone, he tweeted today that Red Zone will not cut away from the football to show Aaron Judge tomorrow because they will not show chicken pitchers throw four balls nowhere near the plate. <laughs> chicken pitchers? He said that? Chicken pitchers? Yeah. I like he that. He that today. <laughs> very funny. Very funny. I like so here, here's my Mets point. When we entered the month of September – wasn't it the uh, party line? Oh, on paper, they've got the easiest schedule yes. imaginable. Yep. You look at look what they're facing. And then that Labor Day weekend, they lost twice to the Washington Nationals. That infamous Labor Day game against Pittsburgh got rained out. Oh. Where's the money, stuff? Where's I the was money? there for it. I was there for that. Don't even remind Where, me. Give, 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 give Daniel back the money, stuff. Yeah. And then that next night, they lost to Pittsburgh eight two. And then the following week, of course, the uh, horrible three day three day stretch when they got swept by the Cubs. Yep. Um, of course, the the Degrom, uh, 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 the Degrom fumble, uh, fumble. <laughs> I got fumble in my mind. The 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 Degrom uh, that horrible outing he had in Oakland, and then they lost in mm-hmm. Miami. Mm-hmm. That that I point to those instances where. The Mets should have won. They yep. absolutely should have won. And now they're pay- now they're paying for it. Mm-hmm. And as you said, uh, they couldn't get Contreras. Uh, I mean, excuse me. They could have gotten Contreras because James McCann is Buptis. Um I know Nito does well, but uh, um, but uh, if Escobar was the Yankees, they'd probably bat him lead off. <laughs> Just the way the Mets line, the Yankees, how they put their lineup as opposed to the Mets. Yep. What is it? The Mets, are they trying to copy what the Yankees are doing? You know what? And matching? Douglas, that was a thought of mine. I did say to myself, I guess Buck is taking a page out of the Yankees book where he's going to put Alonzo up second. I'm, I'm surprised he's not lead off. I'm surprised. And you know what? We're, we're going to keep the Mets talk, talk going. However, I did want to address that um, as Douglas just brought up and you, Mets calls, please stay on hold there real quick. When I come back from this break, I do want to talk about um, that. The NFL uh, has changed the player safety protocol. Uh, we could do that or we could do the Mets, whatever you guys want to do, whatever I'm up to, I'm up for anything here tonight. Um, we'll see. I'll decide on the break what we do, but I do have that information for you. The NFL has changed uh, the policy regarding uh, head injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Based on Tua and everything. Welcome back to 
starting after midnight here on The Fan in New York City. I'm here. Emmanuel Barbaria is behind the glass still tonight. <laughs> he was supposed to switch out at 12, but uh, Kevin Wall uh, is uh, is on the mend, and he'll be here soon to tell you uh, exactly what happened. Uh, he is fine. He is, uh, but he, he'll be here soon. <laughs> Emmanuel's been keeping me abreast of what's been going on. He's taking your calls at 877-337-6666. We'll continue with the Mets stuff. You know, on the break, I was just looking. I know we've been talking pretty much all night so far about how DeGrom and how Scherzer have failed the Mets over these past two games. But the Mets, over the same two games, were 4 for 12 with runners in scoring position against, oh, just the defending champion Atlanta Braves. They have left, the Mets left 13 runners on base. And I'm no rocket scientist. That's not going to get it done. You look at the bottom third of that order. It is a black hole. Neato. I mean, they, they just can't seem to find a combination for that. The, the I mean, Mark Canna tonight, 0 for 4. Tyler Naquin, 0 for 4. Tomas Nito, 0 for 3. Those are the last three. Ba- That's 0 for 4, 8, 9, 9, 10, 11. 0 for 11 was the bottom third of the order. And you want to throw Guillaume in here, that was a pinch hitter for Nito. That's 0 for 12. The bottom third of the Mets order showed up tonight against the Atlanta Braves. That's not going to get it done. No matter if your pitcher is pitching a perfect game, that's not going to get it done. And you got Alonzo batting second. I have no idea why. you got McNeil batting fourth. I have no idea why. And I have no idea why Eduardo Escobar is batting fifth. Move him up. Move him up. I, I just don't understand the, the, the schematics and the the, the physics uh, and the, the rocket scientists, the science behind Buck Showalter putting out this lineup. I don't get it. I, uh, maybe, maybe Oliver and Freehold has an answer. Oliver, you're up on the fan. Hello, Daniel McCartan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. So... I think you're making a terrible point here on the Mets. You keep repeating yourself about how Buck Schulter has been managed for 20-plus years, is not batting Escobar higher, Jeff McNeil in the right place. At the end of the day, I have another point after this. At the end of the day, um, their pitchers failed. And the two, be- two of the best pitchers in baseball, Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, sucked. And the, I do just said they went 0 for 12, those three hitters. That's not Buck Schulter's fault. If they would have won this game, the pitchers pitched like they should have pitched. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Danielle, we need more creativity from you. Just make it make sense over and over again. It's not going to cut it for us. But no one has yet. Oliver, make it make sense to me. Make it make sense. Go ahead. No one has. That's why I keep asking. Waiting for someone to do it. Maybe it's you. He hung up. He did that. I just want everybody listening right now to know that he did that. I did. I, my hands are folded on the desk here. I did not hang up on him. He did it. More creativity from me? More creativity from me? I'm just trying to figure out why the the, the guy, Jeff McNeil, who is just about the, the batting average leader in the major leagues, in the entire league, is batting fourth, and he's got seven home runs on the year. Make that make sense to me. Pete Alonso, leading the league in RBI, is batting second. Why? Lindor, 
besides Starling Marte, Lindor is now leading the league, I mean, leading the team in stolen bases, and he's got Pete Alonso, his slow, you know what, in front of him, clogging up the base paths. Why? There's, maybe there's a reason why Buck Walters never won anything. Why are you changing the lineup? He has never, he has not changed his lineup all season. It's been consistent, especially the top four of that lineup has been consistent. Definitely in the top third. All year long. Why start changing it now? What's the science behind that? I want to know because that's not something I would do with my own teams. Jesse and Queens, you're up next on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Great talking to you again. You too. You know, Buck, is, Buck looks like he's panicking because he's he had that lineup the whole year and all of a sudden just changing it up. Yep. This is like, this is like, this shows the team that, that he's in a panic mode and that's a bad time because the, the whole team, you know, gets into that panic mode too. The, the the team goes after the manager. Yes. If the manager is confident and sticks to the, the same program, the team will follow. And and by I'm sure they're noticing that Buck is, is changing stuff up. So the team is like saying, Oh, he's nervous. Mm-hmm. So they're all getting nervous. So yeah. it's not helpful. And also Epler, oh my goodness. They couldn't get Trey Mancini. They couldn't get Contreras. They couldn't get um uh, that reliever Robertson or another reliever. Yep. You couldn't do that. If they gotten those guys, I, I assure you, they would have been up by four or five games right now. Uh, that is not a, a stretch, Jesse. I agree with you on that. Definitely. Unbelievable. Ineptitude just... at the trade deadline. You could throw money at anything, right? You can go throw money at Bassett, right? You could throw money at Scherzer. But when you have to come and make a trade at the trade deadline, Epler totally failed the Mets this year. Complete and total failure. I, I don't want to see him more as GM. If, if they if they collapse, and if if the worst comes to worst comes worst case scenario comes, yeah, they get thrown on the playoffs right away. I want Epler gone. Gone. That was just, it. Was just he he never did anything with the Angels. I mean, they never went anywhere. Okay, yep. What's his track record? Yep. And look what look he came to a team that's loaded with money. Yep. Loaded with prospects, but he wanted to protect his his top eighteen prospects or something like he said. What a fool. What a, what a, what an idiot! Yep. Really, what a, what a fool! Absolutely, Jesse. It was it was, and and I don't know who here was like, oh, Vogelback, oh, that great, great. The day it happened, I called him a half a DH. Never loved the Vogelback thing. I mean, Tyler Naquin, that's the best you can do. He's been horrible. He's been horrible. And you're right. The the team takes on the personality. Of the manager. And maybe, maybe you're right, Jesse. By switching everything around, maybe he's getting a little nervous and the team's feeling it. Maybe. Maybe someone's starting to make it make sense. Peter in Red Bank, you're up next on the fan. Hello? Hey, Peter. Hey, how are you? First time call, big fan of yours. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I've been watching the Met games the last two days from start to finish and what what is evident to me is that you know that you don't bring up a lot is that Starling Marte really cannot be replaced in that lineup. And oh no, definitely not. Really suffering. The team's been suffering. Yep. That. Yep. And I think the Buck is holding him out because the playoffs are more important, and that's why he might even if he could DH, they just probably want him in to get healed. I don't know. I, he's still experiencing pain. I mean, they tried. He can't even hold a bat, they said. That's not good news yeah. a week before the play, postseason's supposed to start. I give Listen, I give Buck credit for trying to shake up the lineup. He put that rookie in. 
I never played before. Everyone thinks giving him a lot of, you know, criticism for that. But I, I think, they, listen, Buck's the best manager the Mets have ever had, and I'm happy with everything he does. And I'm confident in the playoffs they're going to go all the way. Alvarez, Al, bringing Alvarez up in this series was a total and utter failure. Whose decision was that? You expect <laughs> the guy up. to adjust to major league pitching on the biggest stage of the Mets season? I mean, what? That's because of Ruff. I mean, I had to replace somebody. Ruff? People were calling for Ruff to be DFA'd a month ago. Where was Alvarez then? Oh, that's true. I'll give you that. I mean, come on. Come on. What are we doing here? You know, and, right. and, and, and you're right, Peter. Starling Marte has been in a major, major, uh, um, you know, miss missing out of this lineup. He's a huge part of it. But Buck Showalter, just what day was this? September 28th. How many days ago was that? Three? Buck Showalter said he just needs to get to the point where he can grip a ball and grip a bat. But he is not there yet. I'm not optimistic at all about Marte returning for a postseason series. At all. Grip a ball and grip a bat? That's some serious stuff. I mean, come on. You're the best manager in Mets history. Oh, yeah? Well, where were you when you had to make a decision when you ha- you still have zero production out of your catcher's position? Why wouldn't you call him up sooner? Why would you bring him up in the most important series of the season for the Mets and expect him to do well? Who thinks of that? I feel bad for the kid. I really do. Trying to knock the cover off the ball, and he swings the bat into into oblivion. The bat, not the ball. Too much pressure for a kid like that. Too much. The one night, he left six runners on base. What was that? The one DeGrom pitch. So Friday night, he left six runners on base. 0 for 4. He hasn't got a hit yet in the major leagues. He's 0 for 6. Over the course of two very important games for the New York Mets. Whose idea was that? Anthony and Neptune, you're up on the fan. What's up, Danielle? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, diehard Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. Diehard Yankee fan. But I, I root for both teams. I, I, I want the Mets to do well. I, I do, too. To do well. Yep. Um, I watched the Mets game, obviously, tonight and watched it the past couple of nights. Uh, I, I think back, being a diehard Yankee fan, right, I think back over the last couple of years, Number one, number two, number three offense in baseball, right? We get to the playoffs, and what's our Achilles heel, right? We hit a bunch of home runs, and then all of a sudden in the playoffs it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So likewise, right, with the Mets, I, I know they're struggling, right? They're, they're, they're not scoring a lot of runs. But I, I feel like what happened to the Yankees, they go into the playoffs hot and they can't score. I don't see why the Mets can't get into the, can't get into the playoffs. And – Maybe something turns on for them. Maybe the switch turns on. They score a couple of runs, and they have DeGrom and Scherzer, two of the best pitchers in baseball, on their side. Uh, two pitchers that I would love to have as a Yankee fan. Sure. So, I mean, right, a, three, a five-game series or a seven-game series with those two guys pitching, what, maybe three games in a five-game series or, or four games in a seven-game series? I, I, know, I know it's hard to watch. 
But I think they have as good of a shot as anybody as long as those two guys are healthy, despite what they showed the last two days. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what your opinion is on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you, you got, if, listen, if you're a pitcher, a major league pitcher, you got a blood blister on your, your pitching hand, your pitching finger, that's a big deal. You got to get that under control. Okay? You have to. Scherzer just didn't look good. Maybe they rebound, and maybe this is the fire that, that, that goes underneath the bolt of their butts. You know what? And they say, no more. Buck stops here. No pun intended there, but the buck stops here. That's it. I don't know. But right now, there. I, I know as a Yankee fan, you might be, like you just said, you might be like, hey, I'd take either of those two guys on my team any day. But they haven't been pitching well. That's that's a fact. And again, Derek on Twitter at Dflex2123 says, as usual, excellent show, Danielle. I think not having Marte has really hurt the Mets lineup. He's a key piece. They need him back. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon, but I'm no doctor. And there have been miracles. Mets fans know that all too well. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till two. Give me, get aboard at 877-337-6666. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be... Midnight here on the fan in New York City. I'm just trying to figure out, Emmanuel, what should I do here? I'm trying to put up a poll on Twitter about the Mets here because we've got Mets calls all night long so far. Um, I'm, I'm trying to ask, because, you know, Twitter only gives you four options. So I'm trying right. to ask, I put the Mets, dot, dot, dot. Choice one is wildcard exit. Choice two, NLDS exit. Choice three, NLCS exit. Now, choice four, do I make it win the World Series or lose the World Series? What do I do? Because they only give you four. That's interesting. Uh, do you go generic World Series? But, of course, that's vague yeah, because... I know. Two options there. I know. What do I do? Huh. Twitter, man. I need to think about this. This is a tough one. <laughs> I know. I don't know what to do. Because I want to, I want to, what I want to do is take the pulse of the Met fans that are out there on the internet and also listening and win. Should I just do win slash lose World Series? You could do that or you could group the DS and the CS together because I feel like most are in the camp that the season's ending one of two ways. You're either going on a DS slash CS run or you fold here and then you're bouncing the wild card round so you could group the ds and the cs but is it worth giving the world series two two options i don't think so hmm how about about, about get to world series get to yeah reach the world series yeah that's a good word reach world series perfect send it Solved it. So, all right. I, and I love like short polls, so I'm just going to do this like 20 minutes because I, I like to know the results. 23 minutes. Go ahead and vote at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. What do you think, Emmanuel? What do you say if you had a vote I still am optimistic uh, on the Mets. I think they win tonight now since we're into what would have been tomorrow. I think they win tonight. They control their destiny. They win the division. And sure, it's up for grabs now, but this Mets team, whenever they've been knocked down this year, 
they've had a knack for getting back up. And I think that's what's made them different than previous Mets teams. Everyone's like, same old Mets. But Mm -hmm. the way it's been different is they've always had an answer and they've had a level of resolve that I don't think previous Mets teams have had because they would have crumbled far earlier with this Braves dominance Mm -hmm. if it was a previous Mets year. Hmm. So your vote would be? I think they get to the CS. Uh, th- that would be my that would be my vote. I think the Mets are a World Series caliber team. Yeah. I think it's a self-inflicted wound. They had a horrible trade deadline. Yep. They had a brutal trade deadline. They were staring a championship in the face, and they blew it at the trade deadline. That's why I think they lose in the LCS, whether it's the Dodgers, the Braves, whatever the matchup may be. Mm-hmm. They're an LCS exit this year. All right. Well, that's you. You would right now be the only vote on that one. <laughs> the early. Uh oh, did this post twice? Yeah, you, you would be the only vote. No one has voted that yet. I gotta get involved in the snap go poll ahead. now. I'm gonna go ahead. Hop go ahead. on it. The Twitter on Twitter at Coach M C C A R T A N. The early, early votes here saying that fifty percent of Mets fans believe that they are a wild card exit team. Thirty percent say NLDS exit, and twenty percent say they reached the World Series. Hmm. Where would I would vote? Uh Oof, that's a tough question. <laughs> My own question is pretty tough. They, they could beat the Padres. I think they get bounced by the Dodgers in the NLDS. Um, so that's that's where my vote would go. NLDS exit. All right, we'll go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called to Staten Island, we go, Bill, you're up on the fan. Yeah. Good evening, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh. Uh... I don't know. Yeah. Befuddled? That's a good word. I'm throwing a word. Red flag. Come on, Buck. Are you kidding me? Of course, like you said, bat and peak second all of a sudden. For what reason? Why? Don't understand. I don't get it either. I have no idea. I can't explain it. I'm still trying to find that answer, Bill. Naquin should not even be on the field. Well, you want me sitting on the bench? Yeah. For what? Right. That that's for the what? one thing I yeah, would do. Glove in at second base. Mm-hmm. Put McNeil back in the outfield. Yep. Bennett, forget they Quinn. Russ out in the parking lot. Yep. Collecting tickets. Agreed. Starting Monday. Collected tickets. I don't know. Bring up the kid. Too late for what? To put pressure on him? Right. You didn't put him behind the plate. To say, okay, you're coming up, it catches her, put him behind the plate. Too late. You put him into the DH. What are you saying to this 20-year-old kid? Mm-hmm. We want you to hit for power. Not hit. Yep. The kid's still swinging. He's on the... My apologies. Oh, I almost went there. <laughs> you almost did. Almost. But I'm glad you didn't. Because <sighs> I feel the passion. Okay. I feel the frustration. Befuddled it's... is a great word, Bill. Befuddled. That's what Mets fans are right now. Yep. Fuddled. I agree. Because I'm on the fan. You see, my wife's just walking in. Why are you so loud? She don't watch the game with me. <laughs> she goes out with her girlfriends tonight and last night. And she will tomorrow. Yeah. So they have to eat. And let me just be befuddled. Be befuddled. Ruminate in the Mets. Continue to lose. You know, the, the point I was making before about Alvarez, right? Everybody is agreeing with the fact that the Mets brought him up entirely too late, right? Everybody agrees with that. I, I haven't met one caller or one tweeter that believes that that was the right time to bring up Alvarez. I, I point to, and this was a point made by uh, by Michael and Jerry on Twitter, 
look at what the Yankees did with Oswald Peraza. So I just did. As you were talking, Bill, I just did. Oswald Peraza is hitting 313 at the major league level. You know when the Yankees brought him up? Not last week. The Yankees brought him up. Today's October 2nd. They brought him up September 2nd. He's been with the major league club for a month. For a month. And his first hit didn't come to his fourth game. He was an offer. Come on, Siri. He was an offer for for over eight in his first three games. Then all of a sudden he was three for five against the Twins and been on a tear since. They brought him up a month ago. He's making a difference now. What difference did the Mets plan for 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 Alvarez to make for them? I, I feel bad for the kid. I really do. It's embarrassing for the Mets to, to expect him to be able to, 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 to com- contribute at a high level in the most important series of the year. And, and he, honestly, there were no plans. He was on his, he was driving home with his dad and his mom or his dad, one of them or both of them. He was driving home to Florida in the car and they got as far south as South Carolina before they had to turn around and come right back to New York. Come on. That I blame that on the organization. Eric in Brooklyn, you're up next on the fan. Uh yeah, I just wanted to say first of all, everything you've been saying for the last maybe 10 minutes, I had this exact conversation with one of my friends like towards the end of the game. Um I I love Buck, but I I haven't questioned him all season. I have to agree with why is Alonzo batting second? Why is McNeil not batting higher in the lineup? And I, I've, I've had two questions the last two days that I, I don't know. Maybe you can explain those. Like you said, make me understand. Um, number one, why is Tyler McGill still being put in out of the bullpen? Why? He's shown you nothing since he came back out of the bullpen. Why is he coming in in high leverage situations? Mm-hmm. That was my question yesterday. Mm-hmm. And today, what did Max Scherzer show you in the fifth inning after he gave up the lead to warrant him coming back in the sixth to give up another home run? Mm-hmm. He looked done in the fifth inning. Why is he coming back out there in the sixth? Why? You could see, obviously, he didn't have it. You're in a one-run game. You put him back out there to give up another home run. I understand he's Max Scherzer, but... With his history, on days when he doesn't have it, which is not very often, yes. he just doesn't have it. Yes. Why Why is he coming back out? I don't understand. So, uh, you know, as much as I haven't questioned Buck right. all season, right. in the last three or four days, I've had about six questions about what Buck's doing. And like you said, this is probably why he's never won. Yep. It, it, there's like a it, panic it, it, that it sets just, in at the end. I don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, do what's working for you. Everything you said I agree with. McNeil should be in the outfield. Giorme should be playing every day. Yes. Giorme's defense is better than anybody on the team. Yeah, I know. He should be on the field. I know. I know. It, it doesn't make sense. Alvarez, a month ago, you have the worst production in the majors from the catcher spot. Yeah, from, from, from April. Since April. Tomas Nino is 10 times better than your starting catcher, and he's not good. I don't get it. Alvarez should have been up a month ago yep. at the trade deadline. 
That's another thing. The trade deadline. Ruff is unplayable. Naquin and Vogelback had a little spark when they got here, change of scenery. They've been terrible. You, you're, you're on a postseason. It's like they were operating like a small market team at the trade deadline. All over again. It's like they were operating like they're not in a World Series race. Yep. That is the, those are the guys you get when you're sellers at, at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Naquin, Vogelback, those are the guys you get to appease your fan base, like the Wilpons used to. Yep. Yep. You had prospects. The, 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 the Also, bullpen help. Philadelphia got David Robertson for their 26th best prospect. Yep. How are you not involved in that deal? I don't know. I have no idea. It doesn't make sense. You got Givens. You're not even pitching the guy. I, I know. It makes no sense. Yeah, because he Givens the home runs to the other teams, and that's why he's nailed yeah, to the bench. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're trying McGill, and he's been terrible since he came back. He's a starter. Yep, and I tell Some you. starters can't, can't hack it out of the bullpen. Eric, you know who I'm moving to the bullpen, who has bullpen experience in high-leverage situations? I said it a month ago. You know who I'm moving there? Carlos Carrasco. In, in the postseason, trust me. Trust me. You're only going to play four pitchers. Yep, you trust me. Have to because he's g- he has experience there. Yep, and, and, and experience and in high-leverage situations to boot. Right, and he's had his shake, his shakiness, but he's been solid for us this year. Yep, he's been all right. For the, for the most part, Cookie's been solid this year. Yep. And I haven't really had a problem with DeGrom. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if the contract's in his mind. I, I don't know what's going on with him. But, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's earned that here, right? He's earned that to have a couple of bad outings, you know. It, he has. It, it's. He's earned that. It's just the timing, Eric, is is unfortunate. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's okay, Eric. I, I just, uh, it's okay. Uh, I just said that the timing has been unfortunate, but the answer is Carlos Carrasco in the bullpen. I said it a month ago. A month ago. Mendy in Brooklyn, you're up on the fan. Hey, uh, how's it going, Danielle? Good, how are you? By the way, I, I became a huge gigantic fan of you. Everything you are saying are facts. You know, everybody's talking about Buck, and I get it. I I, I do. But Billy Epler is the one who deserves to go under fire. Mm-hmm. You go ahead, and your big trade headlines are two people who look like they're playing the wrong sport. They go ahead, and they look like offensive linemen who can't hit, who can't field, who can't do anything, and you go ahead, and you could have called up Alvarez a while ago. How in the world, when you are in... First place. I'm sick and tired of it. Every year we get excited. We get excited. And you go ahead and your talent acquisitions are two offensive linemen. And what? And Tyler Naquin, who I guarantee you, 98% of the fan base has never heard of. Absolutely never heard of. Robust pitching market. <laughs> Robust pitching market. In fact, I see so much pitching. So much pitching all around the league. Yankees bullpen. Braves bullpen. Even, even the Phillies bullpen. Who do we have? We have Diaz. What is the point of the Giving Max Scherzer $43 million a year. Jacob DeGrom, $38 million a year. Carrasco, $20 million a year. To then have the bullpen blow it later on. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter what they do. Mm-hmm. And you have no offense. Why would you not go after a J.D. Martinez? Why would you not go after a Wilson we'll Contreras? Mm-hmm. Because it may cost you Mauricio. Yeah, Mauricio? I, really? Because you got Lindor Mauricio? there, too. I'll tell you where Mauricio is. He's a big what do I care about Binghamton? Every year we get excited. We're having a great year. You go for it. This is not guaranteed to have the same team back. You 
He was saying the word robust, by the way. That wasn't a curse word. Anybody listening? Robust was the word. One clarification, Max Scherzer will be on the team next year. But hey, he, that was a great call. That was a great call. Mendy, I love it. Love the passion. Sorry, Pat, we're a little late on the update here. But Pat's here to give you an update. And I'll be right 